Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, joined, of course, by the tournament master, Todd Gershel. And, of course, we have a special guest this week. Uh, we've got Zeke Gold with us to talk about the best of the Indies tag teams, amongst many other things. Zeke, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks again for having me on Roll yeah, man, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. I love talking indie stuff with you. I love talking wrestling with you. Uh, and uh, we were just talking before we got started that, you know, you're you're like in the throes of getting everything planned for WrestleMania weekend because you're going to be in Dallas. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I was going to go to WrestleMania weekend in 2020 in Tampa Bay. Then, you know, the, the shutdown happened. Um, yeah. I went to go last year, so I'm going to go this year for the first time. And it'll be seven years since 2015 in San Francisco. Nice. I usually need it to line up at spring break, which it usually doesn't. So, but for this this time, um, I got some days off, so I'm able to go, and I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going to, um, I think ten or eleven shows total. So, um, wow, wow, that's super cool. WrestleMania, NXT, SuperCard of Honor, both Major League Wrestling's, and a bunch of GCWs, and maybe something else, like BLP and Glory Pro, and uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I you know I think that uh, that Supercard of Honor show could be really interesting considering all the developments that have uh, yeah. occurred you know the past few weeks. Um, it's interesting too because there's lots of rumblings that um, that Tony Khan is like looking to sign people, but now there's the question of you know is he signing them for AEW or is he signing them for Ring of Honor? Or is he signing them for both? With, because there's still kind of a question of what exactly is going to be done uh, with Ring of Honor. So I don't know that we'll I don't know that we'll get the answers at Supercard of Honor obviously, but it should be an interesting show just because of all of that. Um well, I mean, it makes it makes sense for some of those younger AEW guys to do some Ring of Honor shows, get some more experience and different types of, you know, wrestlers and different types of atmospheres. I think it, it can only be good for the development. Some of those yeah, guys. definitely. Definitely. And, and I think that it gives the opportunity to, you know, you've got like, you, you, you've got dark and, um, uh, uh, what's the other one? I'm elevation. Thinking. Yeah. Elevation, uh, you know, which are great for, you know, having those kind of like, you know, superstars matches or, or whatever, you know, yeah. akin to, uh, you know, the old lady squash matches or whatever, uh, which are great for that. But the, the nice thing about having ring of honor is kind of like this separate brand is it really gives you the chance to, you know, to run with more kind of competitive matches and storylines and that sort of stuff, which is not what you get with, with dark and elevation. So I think it could be really cool to, um, to do that for some of that younger talent, like you're talking about. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's so cool, man. I can't wait to hear uh, about your experience down there. And it's cool, you know, that the last one that you were at, when you, when you mentioned San Francisco, um, obviously it's been kind of a, a bit of a, a loop. I feel like for me this past week with all the Scott Hall news is thinking about his appearance there during the sting triple H match, which was, you know, in a lot of ways was kind of like the big moment of the night. I think for a lot of wrestling fans, especially nineties wrestling fans and seeing everybody come out. But, um, so it was cool that you were there for that, uh, live, uh, Todd, how are you? What's, what's going on in your world, man? I know you were, uh, you were doing the, the scout master thing tonight. <laughs> in addition to the tournament master, you're the scout master. Yeah. Well, come, come master right now, at least for another couple months there. Uh, my, <laughs> my son is, uh, you know, moving up to a, you know, the big trip up to the boy scouts and the cub scouts uh, in a couple of weeks. So we were out wow. there checking out the new troop he's going to be going to and kind of getting the, the lay of the land with everything there. So Super there we cool. go. Yeah. 
I dig it. I dig it. Uh, well, cool. Well, let's let's dive right in. We've got uh, a lot of ground to cover tonight. A lot of stuff that we want to talk about. Um, and of course, we'll we'll kick things off with uh, the teasers. And uh, it's been you know it's been a great week uh, for announcements. Uh, you know, we're recording this actually on Thursday. I usually record on Tuesdays, but um, I've, I've had a busy week with rehearsals and stuff, so we're recording a little bit later, which is why you're getting the episode a little bit later. But that said, it feels like it's been a while, uh, and I've been excited to talk about the kangaroo and Wild Red Berry being announced for um, Legends Prime last Friday. Um, I, you know, this is a tag team um, and, and manager that uh, I, I don't, I, I, and I don't think I'm alone in this, uh, I don't have like, a, you know, a, a best of collection sitting somewhere. I haven't seen tons of their matches. So much of what I know about them rests purely on what I've read and reputation and what I've heard. Uh, that said, they're easily one of my favorite tag teams in the game. Um, I, I, I've gotten so much mileage out of this team and, and, and of course, you know, Barry being their manager as well. Uh, they're my current tag team champions in my legends fed. Um, you know, they've held that belt numerous times and usually for very long stretches. I think right now they're, you know, they're about six months into a reign. Um, and I, I, in this particular Legends Fed, it's only their third reign. But if I go, you know, like way back to all my Legends Feds, I mean, my gosh, they've probably held the tag titles a dozen times or whatever. Um, so I'm super excited to have them in color. Uh, I think the art looks great. I love the blue jackets. You know, it's funny. The the blue color seems to be popping really well with this set because like Don Leo Jonathan's card <laughs> art had that blue that people were really excited about as well. So uh, just think this is a fantastic announcement um you know i know some people are certainly questioning it's like you know is this as big of an announcement as mike built it up to be and whatnot and i, I think that uh for the most part people are, are certainly saying yes you know i think that there are some people that were, were big fans of um you know like Barry and I were talking about this, Malice Lover and I were talking about this, you know, of course he's a huge fan of the the Gilberts uh, uh release that was done for Legends Prime which I think is a great release. There's no doubt about it. But for me personally, as much as I like all three of those cards and have used all three of those cards, like Eddie's the headliner there, you know, like Tommy and Doug are great. And Doug is, is, is certainly someone that I think you can get a lot of mileage out of and had a, you know, had a really cool career, but Eddie's the one who's kind of the headliner there. Whereas I think with the kangaroos, it's like, you really do sort of need all three of these. So, you know, for me personally, it kind of edges that one out just a little bit. Um, but even like the, 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 the luchador set, you know, with, uh, um, Conan and uh, and Uvitude and and um, Vampiro. Vampiro. I mean that that would probably be another one that might rival this. But for me, I mean, I do. I think it's probably one of the biggest you know prime releases that that we've had, and it's just a super cool way to get these guys into color. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, what what are your thoughts on this, Todd? No, I'm gl- really glad to have him in there. Um, yeah, this is one that I know people have been asking about for a while. I know when these originally came out in, was it Legends Teams? I think this is, uh, the Black and Whites came out. Uh, I was a team I had never heard of by that point. You know, I, I wasn't as well read and stuff like that on the history of the sport. But obviously since then, have heard, you know, just, just how, you know, what a, what a big part of wrestling history and tag team history. You know, right. I think they really like, you know, really the, the tag team unit, like they kind of started that whole thing. I mean, if they didn't start it, at least they were one of the big prominent teams that, that really made tag team wrestling the art form it is today. Yeah, without a doubt. I think without, you know, their influence, certainly, um, you know, tag team wrestling would not have necessarily gotten the start the the, the way that it did. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I dare say it might not have even been as popular. Um, 
you know, at the time, because they were certainly, uh, I think, yeah, they came, they, they, the timing was there too. You, you know, I think that the, the, you know, sometime around, you know, the late forties or early fifties was when the first like world tag team championship had been promoted. Um, but they were, you know, they were just so innovative, um, and, and kind of ahead of the curve when it came to tag team wrestling. And I think that, uh, you know, it's just fitting and, and we're so lucky to have them because of their uh, impact on, on the business and, and on that particular aspect of professional wrestling. So, um, and, and and I know that there's been some comments made on the board. Uh, I know that, that some people have named a couple of the other kangaroos, but I'm just sort of like, no, like Costello and Heffernan are the best version of the kangaroos, hands down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's no that's that's no shade on any of the other people that that you know came later and, and any of the other uh, you know pairings that that used the the moniker. But uh, all due respect to even somebody like Don Kent, like Costello and Heffernan are definitely the best version. So um, Zeke, what are your thoughts on having the kangaroos in color. Well, they're one, of, they're one of the best tag teams of all time. I remember the uh, book that came out by Oliver about the greatest tag teams. They were, I don't remember, were they ranked number one? I know they were in the top three along with the Road Warriors, I think the Bulldogs, but they were they were one of the best, if not, arguably the best tag team of all time. So, the only, so yeah, they're great. I mean, they I used them in a black and white fit before I could my fed converted to color uh, in 2016 and they won the world tag team championship and my uh, now defunct uh, MLW tag team championship. And the only thing I can think of for legends that might've been a bigger uh, legends release for something along the lines of promoted prime and not a regular set might've been the the original Mildred Burke. I was, you know, she got Mm. her card in black and white and um, uh, that's the only one I think even rivals this, it, that was a PDF set. It wasn't even yeah. Prime, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like a the, separate from a set, though. Which I was kind of surprised she wasn't in the set um, for her first card. But that's the only thing I can think of along the same lines of something this big. Although I don't have the whole list in front of me. Um, so I'm, yeah, I was. So I think it's it's great. It's I'm I'm real happy to get the get the kangaroos color. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to using them. And I know that uh, it's been said that the stats like for, for Red Berry are going to be a little bit more kind of, you know, prime wrestling stats where the stats that we got before were, you know, just geared towards his, his managerial days, um, uh, which will be cool because, you know, he was he was a hell of a junior heavyweight in his time. And um, I think, uh, you know, having that um, card to, to represent him as, as a wrestler as well as a manager will be uh, will be great and, and give promoters a lot of flexibility if they decide to use him purely as a wrestler, maybe even separate from the kangaroos or use him maybe before they bring the kangaroos in. Yeah. There's just lots of options, which I always love. And I think it's, you know, it benefits the game and it's what the game is all about having those, you know, having those options. It's up to you promoter. So, um, can't wait, can't wait to see what's been done. See, see if there are any changes. Uh, you know, I know that those original cards, they're monsters. I mean, they can beat anybody, anybody without a doubt. So, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, if there's been any, any tweaks, any, you know, any differences. Cause, uh, I, I really, really like those, those first cards. There's no doubt about that. But as the legends team mentions all the time, there's more footage available now, you know, there's more to, to see. So there, there might be, you know, the opportunity to say like, Oh, you know, they did this or they did that, or this is something that they use. So it'll be cool to see what they've come up with. And it'll be cool to see what Stu, you know, has come up with as far as writing those bios and, um, Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then, of course, we also have from Kronos uh, an announcement that, uh, well, you know, I, Todd, you're just going to have to take this one. Well, you know, joining the Kronos uh, Fed here is 
a guy that we've seen a lot of over the years. I mean, this guy's got tons of cards. I don't know who, you know, who's, you know, making all these cards for this guy. I think I counted the other day. I think this is his seventh card. Wow. Within the champions of the galaxy universe. But uh, so Totalis is going to Kronos right now. Uh, and he's got his eyes set on the crown of Kronos. Nice. So very excited about that. Uh, you know, Totalis is a guy who uh, you know started out in the GWFZ as part of Promoter Madness 2. Then let me see. Uh, he made it over to Ace All Central Entertainment. Part of that, he went to POW. Uh, soon after that, during the MMA, he had his MMA card. Then, uh, which he still incorporates some of those moves uh, till today. Went back to the GWFZ with the um, uh, the Ultimo Dragon type card with all the yes, and stuff like that. Great. Which is, yep. I think that still might be my favorite art. Yeah, uh, for him. Uh, and then eventually did make it into the GWF. Uh, I was not expecting him to last more than maybe two years, which usually most places he's been has been about two years. Last, I think he's been there at least four years now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and now uh, has made his way over to Kronos. I think he finds uh, some nice big jewels uh, and, uh, and uh, awards over there that he's got his eyes set on for the, for the Wall of Fame. So... There you go. Well, you know, the guy's been uh, picking up tournament wins and, and grabbing championships wherever he goes. So this is certainly another opportunity. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing uh, how he gets used in in, uh, in the return to civilization. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, what promoters think of, of kind of just the overall story and uh, the possibilities that are going to get opened up with this next set. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And I, you know, I've, I've always dug the card. I, I, I remember when I saw the first card um, and, and the, you know, it had the mechanic for, you know, tournament matches. And I just always th I've thought that that's such a cool idea, you know, yeah. and obviously it's been utilized in other ways for, you know, other performers. And I think even in a way, you know, Zeke, like what you do with the death match cards is kind of similar. It's like, yeah. you know, that, that kind of mechanic, which is, which is really cool. Um, and, and I dig it. So, um, uh, Zeke, what are your thoughts on Totalis coming to Kronos? Oh, yeah, it's, um, I think I think it's great. I know he, he is kind of nomadic. He, he goes from place to place. He <laughs> recently had my uh, won my heavy metal championship in my uh, GWF that he he beat. Who was it? Um, he beat someone. He held it for a few shows and, and, they, and they got it back. I, I don't remember who that was, but yeah, he's that's the he's had, he recently held that title too, um, and. Uh, so yeah, I think it's in, I'll be interested to see what his new card is and uh, see how he does in Kronos. It is an upgrade, I will tell you that though. Which you know, <laughs> kind of pay, to keep up with some of those Kronos guys, you need a little yeah, bit of right? upgrade, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I think, think there's on, on the art itself. It's got the GWF interplanetary title, which he did win in my promotion. So that's so, yeah. Rob was asking what type of things to put on there. I'm like. Let's put the GWF interplanetary title on there. I think I think that that that's good. And then uh, nice. he's holding the uh, Corvus Cup as well, which is something I referenced uh, recently. I think we had that Phil Singer Games night. That's kind of like his uh, his trophy that he claim that he claims, and you don't really know when he won it, but he just claims that he's you know champion of Corvus. So there you go. <laughs> well, you have it. Um, 
Yeah, there's not a lot of cards I think that you could just easily transition over to Kronos without giving him a little bit of a bump up. Uh, you know, there's a few guys obviously that would do just fine over there, but but there's a lot of people that if you wanted to put him in Kronos, you know, without giving him any any sort of uh, upgrades, they they would they would flounder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, uh, for the best of the Indies tag teams 2022, uh, which we'll be talking in depth about, uh, we got the announcement for 440, the Young Studs, Bobby Beverly, and Eric Ryan. Uh, I, I was just saying before we started recording, I had actually kind of forgotten about this announcement because, you know, once we're kind of in teaser season and things are rolling along, sometimes it's easy to just like let like one slip through the cracks, you know, and, and, and like even with like the legend stuff, there've been a couple of times when it's like, oh, wait, who's in this? Oh, right. That's who's coming up, you know, uh, and, and I had almost completely forgotten about these guys, unfortunately. And so when Todd reminded me, I was just sort of like, oh, this is awesome. I'm so glad that, that we're getting these. Uh, and of course, Eric Ryan is uh, the second iteration of a card for him. He did have a card in the uh, AIW set and, and then Bobby Beverly is a debut card um, which is super cool and uh, they've been a great tag team and, and we'll talk a little bit more about them when we get into uh, our best of the Indies tag teams preview uh, but before we do that you know Todd just initial thoughts on, on getting these two into the game no I mean it's it's uh, you know great glad to have it you know, Eric Ryan I know is very excited about getting a new card there I think he needed a new card frankly anyway oh totally yeah yeah, yeah definitely and uh, yeah so I was glad glad to get them in there I mean truth be told there was another tag team we were trying to get in there that didn't quite work out there but then we knew we had uh, Eric and Bobby we know they they don't tag as regularly all the time, but, you know, definitely have a long history together are still in the same stable. So we just thought it'd be really great with us doing the Ricky Shane page card last year. Right. Yeah. You know, we have the Greg iron card as well there. So uh, yeah, I mean, we need another new Greg iron card as well. Maybe I have to figure out a time for that too. We'll see. Heck yeah. Uh, maybe try and finish off the rest of that stable. Uh, see, see if Zeke can work some magic for us. Uh, Zeke, what are your thoughts about getting this tag team in the set? I, I think it's great. Uh, Eric Ryan definitely needed a new card. I was actually uh, when we had the tournament last uh, last fall. I actually was pushing for Eric Ryan to get a new card, and he didn't win the tournament, so we didn't go with it. But uh, but now uh, uh, when we uh, were looking for to fill that final spot, um, I don't think we were originally thinking of them because they do team uh, they do team a lot. I mean, they were just H two Tag Team Champions recently, right? right. Um, in addition to being multi time AEW Tag Team Champions in the past, but I think uh, originally we, we weren't on our initial radar just because they do team once they they're, they still do a lot of singles action. Um, but we, you know, we had them signed and we just figured, okay, this is, this is a good team to fill the fifth spot. Um, uh, they're going to be mostly singles wrestlers because they do wrestle a lot of singles. They have a couple tag mechanics on their card, um, both death match stats as well, because they do do a lot of death matches. Right. Um, Eric Ryan's won back to back King of the death matches, which uh, 2020 and 2021, which, I think right now, arguably, this might be the biggest deathmatch tournament in the in the country. I mean, especially with, I'm not sure. Is that the IWA Mid-South one? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. um, Cage of Death, I'm not even sure is CW doing this year. I haven't heard, and it's been a while since they were in um, Cage of Death. Death, yeah. I they've run one since 2019, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would totally agree with that. I think that the, you know, IWA Mid-South, the, the funny thing is, is it's kind of like one of those things that they've been doing it for so long too. like even before CZW got, you know, got really rolling, uh, IWA Mid-South was still 
doing what they're doing, you know? So it's like, uh, um, they've been around forever and, 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 and that's been a component of, of what they've been about since the, since the get go. I mean, that was kind of how they established themselves, uh, in the beginning. And, you know, then I know they became kind of known for, for work rate when they started getting, you know, guys like Chris Hero and CM Punk and, you know, other guys that were coming in there that weren't necessarily doing the deathmatch stuff. Not that they weren't doing, you know, crazy stuff as well, but, um, yeah. So I, I think it's super cool. And like I said, I want to talk a little bit more about the later because i learned a couple of things that i didn't know about them so we'll we'll save that for our for our main event um but yeah just some some great announcements and of course we'll have a new legends announcement quite possibly by the time you're listening to this that announcement will already be up uh which you know what that could be game time decision todd should i drop this after the announcement should we just talk about the announcement right now uh sure why not why let's not, do it right okay. let's do it to see yeah we're booking on the fly uh so i'm gonna drop this shortly after the announcement probably it'll it'll drop like with the announcement even so the new uh legends announcement for the set proper is none other than yukon eric um super excited to get him in color uh i i think you know he's such a a, a great talent somebody that has a very unique place in wrestling history uh, with his feud with Killer Kowalski and, and you know, getting his ear mangled. Uh, uh, and, you know, I think a unique talent in, in a way for his his time even. Um, you know, a guy with uh, great size but also could move. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to, to have UConn Eric um you know, in the color, uh, set and, and joining this, this already, you know, just amazing set, you know, we're, we're shaping up to have a set that, that I think is, has got, um, guys that have headlined, you know, all over the, the world really, you know, I, I mean, there's, uh, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any of these guys that haven't like, you know, held a title at some point, um, you know, and in some cases held like big titles, you know, versions of world championships or, you know, you know whatnot. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm super excited to have him in the game. Uh, I, I loved his, his original card. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no dog on, on this, on this art, but, uh, no, no, no dog, but, you know, either. that's okay. Sacrifices must be made. Um, uh, I, I do love the art though. I think the art I is do. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to have him in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Todd, what are your thoughts on, on getting uh, UConn Eric in color? No, definitely, definitely really cool. I, I will say that my earlier on knowledge of him was knowing that he, you know, lost part of his ear to killer Kowalski. And that was about the extent uh, that I knew early on there. Uh, but yeah, reading, I did read some of the bios there from um, that, that Stu wrote here. And I mean, there's a lot of like really cool tall tales around him and stuff like that, oh, sure. you know, which is, which is pretty neat. I didn't realize also he uh, usually wrestled barefoot and stuff too, uh, which is something I didn't realize. Yeah, uh, I didn't know before. that either, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, just a kind of cool, big, burly man. Uh, yeah, I love the artwork here, just with the uh, you know the cool jacket and just the you know the facial features just look pretty neat there. So yeah, yeah just overall pretty cool art for sure. Yeah, yeah, I. I um it's funny uh you know he and kowalski their their feud of course being known for the you know the the ear uh the missing ear uh the other thing that was really cool about their uh feud is that it resulted in the first televised wrestling match in canada um they oh, wow. they had yeah they had a rematch after the uh, the ear incident and it was the very first televised match in uh in the country which is which is pretty cool pretty cool distinction to have so zeke what are your thoughts on uh, getting yukon eric in color um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, 
I remember when uh, in my black and white fit, um, Yukon Eric and Kilikowski, I actually did the uh, angle where Kilikowski bit off Yukon Eric's ear, and then he was, Kowalski <laughs> was carrying it around in a jar for a while, and then they had the ladder. <laughs> With the air hanging above the ring, so they, they they were both trying to get you know to get to Yukon Eric's air as the prize for the ladder match. Um, so that's that, brilliant. I amazing. love that. I love that. And then then I had him in a storyline where he was uh, he was going after he was he was he was, he was uh, trying to uh, ask out Ida Mar- Martinez, but he got nervous and threw up on her. And uh, that was one of my I it was fifteen years ago when I wrote that, but I don't. Um, but. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I've, 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 had a lot, I've had a lot of storylines as you can tell with, with Econ Eric. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this card. Yeah. Yeah. He's somebody I think that would fit perfectly in my fed too, and, and, and kind of fill a spot that I don't necessarily have right now. So I think I'll probably bring him in right away. Um, and, and, uh, not, I mean, not that I couldn't use his black and white card. I use plenty of other black and white cards, but I just, for whatever reason, he'd kind of been an oversight. I haven't brought him in yet. So now that he's, you know, on the way in color, I'll probably just, you know, wait obviously and, and bring him in. It'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, especially because Kowalski just recently, uh, he had lost a loser leaves town match to Bobo Brazil. And I, I didn't, you know, I was kind of fine with it. I was like, no problem. I, you know, I'll just cycle him out of the territory for a while, but I want to bring him back. Um, f- because he had been teaming with buddy Rogers. So I think what I'll do is I'm going to bring him back under a mask and then, and uh, eventually, you know, bring in Yukon Eric to kind of be a second, I think, for, for Bobo Brazil. Maybe team the two of them up. That might be kind of fun. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, this set has, has just shaped up to be fantastic. Uh, there's still two names uh, yet to be announced. Um, and Todd, you know, here's a question that I should probably know the answer to already, but uh, we're going to have teasers next week as well, right? So yeah, we'll have teasers. Yeah. yeah. The last, yeah, next week will be the last week of teasers, I believe. Uh, we still have one more Indies Prime teaser. Uh, there'll be, I believe, the last Champions of the Galaxy Prime name will be the teaser i I believe so i'm not 100 sure on that um and then we will have at least one more legends teaser in there we might have both of them uh next week as well we'll see we'll see it's gonna be a tasty one we'll see uh, so though, there you have it there. We've, we've, we've covered all the teasers, including one we didn't think we would get to. Uh, but, uh, there's also more of course from fed HQ. So Todd, why don't you tell us all the latest and greatest, uh, about the next virtual con? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we, this week we dropped a bunch of con information, uh, both the next virtual con and some more details on Galacticon. Uh, so the next virtual con will be, uh, the road to Galacticon kickoff, which, uh, we need to come up with a new name for some of these other. Cons, I think, <laughs> so we have to, we have to do, do a, uh, do, do a contest. A, uh, yeah. Contest of some type there. I didn't get, to, I didn't do that early enough this year. So we're still we going to do a tournament. Oh, I like it. I like the way you think. Um, So, yeah, so the the next, uh, I know last year we did this Road to Galacticon kickoff. It was a two-day thing over the the course of the two days of WrestleMania. Um, You know, one day was Champions of the Galaxy, one day was Legend. This year, we're just going to do it to the one, back to the one day that we, you know, typically do. Um, And it will be on the Sunday of WrestleMania, April 3rd, and it'll take place from noon to five Eastern time. Uh, and uh, so the convention is going to kick off with uh, some uh, tournaments as for at first, like usual. So we'll have uh, 
The Crown of Kronos virtual tournament uh, will kick off at noon, and then at one, we'll have our Legends Territories tournament. So that'll feature a lot of the guys from this new set and some other some other their contemporaries that are already in the game there as well. So uh, everybody who gets a ticket uh, will be eligible if you want to jump in a tournament. Uh, we'll try to get as many people as we can into at least one tournament of the two. So uh, and we will have prizes for those as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so two o'clock, we're going to have the Dark Menace's Lair with uh, the Dark Menace himself and Tom Filsinger. Uh, you know, the, you know, both both those guys who you know they are absolutely great, separate entities. Absolutely separate entities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, definitely. So uh, yeah, so they'll, they'll they'll be on from two to three, uh, kind of talking a bit about uh, Origins uh, twenty one thirty eight. I do know Tom uh, was secluded out. Uh, uh, somewhere in the desert, uh, pondering and writing this this past week. So I'm sure he'll have some a uh, couple of little tidbits he might be able to share, and a heck of a lot that he won't share at all, not even to me. So uh, you know how it goes. <laughs> then three o'clock, we have a special guest. Yeah, going to be none other than Jerry Briscoe is going to join us. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so was, uh, I yeah I thought it'd be great to have him on there. You know, Chad reached out, and Jerry's like, "Yeah, that's great." You know, he's out there. He's telling everybody about it, which is great. Jerry's the best, so yeah. uh, it'd be really really cool to have him on there. Uh, pick his brain a little bit. He'll tell us a little bit more what to expect with the upcoming uh, Hall of Fame induction out in Waterloo. Um, and then speaking of the Hall of Fame, we're going to follow up his uh, appearance there with a small auction. Uh, we'll have a couple of different items that we'll have up. Uh, it's kind of like a next little pre you know, pre little mini auction before really huge one uh, coming this summer. Uh, and then we'll have our panel discussion. We'll, we'll name, uh, you know, we'll announce all the different things to expect coming up in both our May release as well as some things to expect uh, for Galacticon as well. So uh, nice. that's good stuff. Well, I'm looking forward to the exclusive cards as well, of course. Uh, yeah, one exclusive cool. card, and then we will have uh, another collectible sticker as part of it. So it is a Legends uh, exclusive card that's included in that. So It's going to be um, a good one, I think. Oh, yeah. No, this, yeah. I really like this one. This I one know. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, well, this is all fantastic news, and it's it's kind of wild to think that, you know, Road to Galacticon is happening in just a few couple weeks. Like it's it, it's yeah, a few weeks from now. Yeah, yeah, it, it, like, wow. just over two weeks from now. So yeah, um, <laughs> and then uh, and then before you know it, it'll be Galacticon time. So yeah, so yeah, then we announced all the stuff on Galacticon as well, uh, all the times and everything with that. We mentioned uh, so that's going to be July sixteenth and seventeenth in Chicago. Uh, we'll have the Friday night event. We're going to be going to AAW Wrestling in Chicago, which is the Night premier indie. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll be at their 115 Bourbon Street uh, venue that they run, which is, I think, the bigger of the two venues. So this will... This should be right. Is it about the same? Yeah, I mean, they're honestly, they're, they're about the same size. Okay. The, the, I mean, the Bourbon Street is a larger complex as a whole, but uh, as, as far as, like, the actual, you know, where they stage the wrestling it's yeah it really is about the same size as logan square i i I think they can probably get a few more people into bourbon street um but yeah uh 
I mean, they're both they're both great. I, but but Bourbon Street's awesome. I like Bourbon Street a lot, honestly. No, it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And and, and I mentioned on here also we're gonna have a kind of like a full Galacticon package that'll include uh you know a ticket to the AEW show and transportation back and forth as well because it is not always the easiest to get there. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get a bus for the group that'll go from the Holiday Inn where we're at the convention at uh, to AAW and back. So that'll, you, so you can do like the, the standard in-person Galacticon, which is just the, the event for the two days, or you can do that add on if you want to go to the Friday night show. Uh, we're trying to make it easy for everybody to attend that. Uh, so then the Saturday itself, uh, we're going to start the day with a couple tournaments. Uh, these will just be in-person tournaments only from, uh, 10 to one on that Saturday, we'll run a GWF and Indies and a legends tournament there. Uh, we will have a lunch break. Uh, and then as the lunch break is going on, we're going to open up the virtual convention. So the virtual convention will start at one o'clock. Now, again, that's one o'clock central time. Usually we always post everything Eastern time, but we'll be central time then. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we'll open up the the, the the virtual con. We'll start at one. We'll kind of have like a little bit, you know, just everybody will get to interact and stuff there at first. Uh, then we will have uh, our panel discussion uh, at two, two to four, which we'll have, uh, you know, we'll talk to Tom. We'll have, you know, talk to some of the rest of the staff and kind of what's coming up in the fall. Uh, and then we should have a special guest as well for that. Uh, um, that we'll we'll get to chat chat with them, and then uh, at four o'clock we'll have our big charity auction, and this will be the the really big one for the year um, that will will benefit the, the the Hall of Fame. And by five o'clock central, we should be done because I know there is an MLW show in town that night. Uh, at least one of the three of us on this call, will, I'm sure, <laughs> will be there, and you could probably guess who that is. Um, and uh, but yeah, we, we won't be setting up anything official for that, but we want to make sure. I know a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to want to go to that too. Uh, so we'll make sure we'll, we'll be done in time for that. Those hanging around, uh, there's a restaurant bar like right next door to our meeting room i did that strategically uh, so you know we'll be able to hang out there and i think it goes it's open to like two o'clock in the morning too uh so even when people come back from mill w we'll probably still be hanging out is my guess uh there so we'll either be watching some wrestling in, in the room or over having you know some drinks or some food or something like that and then uh, the Sunday will be is just is just kind of mostly uh, games day on the Sunday. So we'll have like one last uh, qualifying tournament in person for the uh, hardcore rules. We'll have the Canada Cup, which is the big event uh, every year uh, that we be, that we do. Um, and then we'll also at the same time have our online game tournament. So we're going to only run two online game tournaments, and that'll be on Sunday morning uh, from ten to twelve thirty Central Time. Uh, so then, uh, and then we'll have our trivia contest at 1230, which will be, um, which everybody can participate, whether you're in person or online, you would do it on your phone. I know we've, we've been doing those the last couple of years. It's worked out pretty well. Uh, and then we'll close the day with the Galacticon T Cup tournament. We'll have six people from the in-person convention, as well as two online qualifiers as well for that. So I think that's the whole thing. And I, and I think as part of that weekend also, I'm going to try to go to a Cubs game on Thursday night. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's some other fun things that'll be going on. I'm sure there'll be a Portillo's run at one point. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, uh, Quake. Anybody oh, yeah, Quake to, Collectibles. Yeah, I, yeah. Think that, I think early Friday, I think that's going to be the time to hit uh, Quake Collectibles and stuff like that. My hope is is that he's able to, like, you know, get a, a few more amazing collections in between now and then because I'll tell you what, the past couple of times I've been – I mean, I honestly, I go over there like once a week. But the last <laughs> couple of times I've been in there, he's just been stacked with some incredible, like – you know, wrestling related stuff, uh, you know, whether we're talking, you know, old L- LJN figures or, you know, the latest AEW stuff, um, y- you know, lots of hard to find, uh, elite, you know, figures and, um, yeah, just, just, just has had some, some really, really stellar stuff lately. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, I, I go in after a lot of star Wars stuff and he's had some pretty awesome star Wars stuff. Uh, recently too, including like some, some great vintage stuff, like, you know, original TIE fighter in the box, you, you know, like from, wow. from, you know, from the seventies and, wow. uh, yeah, some, some really, really cool, really, really cool stuff in there. Um, so if, if you're interested in hitting up quake, uh, I highly recommend it. And, and of course, you know, there's lots of good, lots of good food, you know, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the, the pizza, but, uh, there's, there's so, 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 so much good food. And if you're, you know, if you're an adventurous eater and you're into any, any type of cuisine from anywhere uh, around the world you know there's there's a spot so uh, so just, what, what's your one chicago food must when we're all in town what, what, what would you say that people gotta gotta hit i mean it's it, it's such a cliche but the truth of the matter is it's like you can't you you just can't get it a lot of other places so i would say definitely go for some deep dish I'm, I'm playing to hit pequods i've never been yeah. and that's that's where i want to go is pequods <laughs> I, I sent zeke there last time he was like yeah it's good <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean it, it it yeah it's it's incredible and there's a couple of other places like that have you know really good deep dish too that aren't you know, like the big, the big places. Um, but uh, I mean, a lot of it is also just getting around, you know, it's like you, you, you want to make sure that you can get to where you, you want to, and then get back to where you need to be. Because I, you know, I can remember for all in, there were people at the hotel that were talking about like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to go here. And, and I just kind of looked at somebody and I was like, they realize that that's going to take them like probably like close to three hours to do all that. And, and, you know, the one guy's like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, it's probably going to take you close to 40 minutes just to get into the city. And then it's probably going to take you at least 40 minutes to get out. And while you're in the city, getting from like point A to point B to point C is probably going to take you another like 20 minutes ish per, you know, per stop. And then whatever time you spend while you're in that place. So it's, you know, that can be, that can be a bit of an issue sometimes, but if you, if you plan it right, you know, and if you've got the time, then, there's there's plenty of cool places to hit up without a doubt. So, um, and I'm happy to to answer any questions. Like, yeah, I mean, I've I've lived here for almost a decade now, so I'm I'm pretty familiar with with the city. So, there's there's good stuff. There's good stuff wherever you go. I mean, I I love I there's there's um, I mean there's there's amazing Indian food, Thai food. There's like a, a great um, Mediterranean restaurant not too far from me. Middle Eastern restaurant, uh, Ethiopian uh, uh, restaurant. Like there's just I mean there's just so much Peruvian food. I mean just any any type of food that you want. You know we we pretty much have it. Um, and it's and and it's and it's all good. So uh, and, and then as far as anything else you want, you know, if anybody wants to hit up any like craft breweries or you know do any of that sort of stuff, there's plenty of breweries to go to. Um, the one of the things that kind of sucks, and Zeke, fortunately, like when he was here in town, we were able to kind of do this. But like one of the things that sucks is that they're not at Logan Square Auditorium. Is that Revolution Brewing is kind of like 
a few blocks away and that's where yeah. we went and it was and it's it's so, i love that place so much even though i don't drink anymore uh the food's great uh, you know just great atmosphere and of course you know if you are a drinker like it's some of the best beer in the city without a doubt um you know, but then there's also like Goose Island. Uh, there's smaller places as well. There's, I mean, there's, uh, there's some brewery that somebody mentioned to me that's in like, uh, Northern Indiana, like right in the Chicago suburbs on there. That's oh, like really, really Three good. Floyds. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah. three floors. Yeah, I mean, that's in Munster and that's gonna, that, that could be depending on traffic anywhere from like 45 minutes to an hour, um, like Southeast of the city. Um, but uh, there's, yeah, there's some great, there's uh, one that I love called Empirical. Uh, and then there's distilleries too, you know, like Koval has a distillery here. So if you want to try some whiskey that's made like right here in the city and Koval's good stuff. Like, again, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not doing that anymore, but, but what I did, I, <laughs> I, I would get a bottle of Koval rye and be a very happy man. So there's, there's some, there's, yeah, there's lots of great stuff, no matter what you want to do. Um, and, uh, uh, I think it'll be a, a hell of a time for anybody that has, you know, extra time on their hands that wants to do stuff outside of Galacticon. Um, and, you know, I mean, back to the AAW show again, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity to like meet people. You're going to have opportunity to get your card signed because there's going to be wrestlers on that card that, you know, have cards in the game and hopefully by the end of the night and Zeke's hard work, everybody that's there will have a card in the game. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going to be a hell of a time. Um, and I did want to mention, uh, so if you go to the Galacticon page on the website right now, on the bottom there is the link to the holiday, the holiday and website uh, to book. It, it has our group code in there. So with our special group rate, so you can go ahead and, uh, I think it's better than the regular rate too for either a king room or a room with two queen beds. It's a little bit cheaper than the regular rate there. Uh, so definitely take advantage of that. Go, go through there. Uh, the hotel is like pretty convenient. I'd say for people coming from out of town, um, it is, uh, it's got free parking there. It's right by the O'Hare airport. Uh, so the, there is a shuttle uh, that's running there. It's also walking distance from the, Greyhound bus terminal, and it's right also walking distance uh, to the subway uh, that goes uh, towards downtown. So, yeah, I guess the only thing is not super convenient to is the Amtrak station, but you know, but yeah, other than that, I think you're okay. Yeah, the nice thing about that is if you do come in through the Amtrak station, you just hoof it a few blocks to the blue line, and then you can take the blue line straight out. So, cool. you know, the, you can use public transit, you don't have to. I mean, if you want to get like Uber or, or, you know, Lyft or take a cab or whatever, obviously you can do that as well. But, um, the nice thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, with, with the, with the CTA, you're, you're going to be good pretty much wherever you're, you know, you're going allow for extra time, obviously, cause yeah. you know, it, it takes a little bit longer, um, than, than if you're in a car sometimes, sometimes it's, it doesn't, you know, depending on how traffic is, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get around the city. And once you're in, you know, once you're in kind of, if, if you're going somewhere to be in a particular neighborhood, um, you know, my recommendation is always try to just like stay in that neighborhood and find out what's in that neighborhood because it's easy to just get around on foot and just walk wherever you're going. Um, you know, I know like a lot of people, uh, for all in, for instance, wanted to go to pro wrestling tees, which their storefront is, is now closed. They don't have right. the storefront operating anymore. But, um, back then, of course it was, and a lot of people wanted to go there and visit the storefront. And I, and I would tell them, it's like, just hoof, hoof it a few blocks South of there and you'll be in Wicker park. And there's so much stuff to do down there. You know, there's, there's challengers comics, there's, you know, there's, uh, plenty of t t food, etc. So I, I will tell you, I had a whole day planned out. Had the AEW show been at Logan square. 
Yeah. I had a whole day planned out around all that stuff there, but you know, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I'll get to see most of it still. next time. <laughs> I just have to come back again. Yeah, that's time. right. That's right. Um, so, uh, well, I'm really looking forward to it, obviously, you know, from a, a purely selfish and, and personal perspective, the fact that it's in my backyard is pretty cool. So, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing everybody in person and, um, you know, getting to, to play the game for the first time in person with other people. I've never done that before. So that's amazing. Uh, it's wow. going to be an experience. I know, I know. Right. But doing this for like, it's, it's what, 28 years I've been playing this game now. It'll be 28 years in, in like a couple of weeks, uh, to the day. And, uh, wow. yeah, so it'll be good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, um, so if you haven't, you know, already hit up the webpage, get yourself all taken care of. Uh, the AAW show should be a hell of a good time. They always put on a really good show. Some of the best indie wrestlers in the country, um, you know, are working there. And, uh, you know, they've they've pulled out quite a few surprises before, uh, you know, uh, in previous United We Stands. I think they've had, like, Jushin Liger and Ultimo Dragon and, you know, other names brought in internationally. And this is, you know, we're talking about this is the indie that had, you know, Naito on a while back. And so, I mean, it's who knows who could who could show up it could be uh, an international uh uh event uh, as well um but speaking of the indies let's let's head over let's kick it over to our main event of the evening and that is of course to talk about and preview the best of the indies tag teams 2022 all of the names have been announced so we can talk freely about all the tag teams the great tag teams that are in this set and of course we have the man zeke with us so that we can dive as deep as we want to uh he knows these tag teams pretty much inside and out at this point he's crafted the cards he's probably signed most of these guys and uh we're going to get an opportunity to uh to dive in and and chat about each team here um so todd i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna leave it to you man who should we talk about first uh, you know, let's 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 go let's go backwards. Let's start with the team that uh, we just announced. Uh, four four zero. Let's do it. Uh, so so is it four four zero H or four four zero? I think it's just four four zero because it's it's a takeoff oh. of the area code. Yes. Of the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, so okay, uh, I, I'll just throw this out here, and then I want to throw it over to Zeke. I'm super excited to have these cards because I think that you know, the opportunity that it gives promoters to use these cards in a variety of different ways, uh, kind of like I was mentioning earlier with the kangaroos, is really cool. And you know, both of these guys have participated in a lot of death matches over the past few years and really kind of changed a lot of their game and a lot of their style compared to what it was like when they started like 15 years ago. Um, and I, I think that they, you know, they're still working as a tag team like Zeke mentioned, but they've been doing a lot more single stuff, a lot more, you know, big team stuff with the stable. Um, so I'm really, you know, I'm really interested to see uh, what Zeke is done with these cards. So uh, tell us, Zeke, like what, what can we expect and what are your thoughts, you know, kind of in addition to what we've already talked about with the teasers and everything of this team? Well, um, these cards are, are written pretty versatilely in the sense that they work good as a tag team, um, but they mostly have good tag defenses, uh, like five and four um, on, on the con cards. Uh, they're both singles cards, but with tag mechanics, so you can use them either way. And they are also have deathmatch stats, so you can use them in singles, regular matches, tags, or in deathmatches. Um, and Eric Ryan, especially, we really wanted to get deathmatch stats for, and they have them. So um, he'll be he'll be tough in deathmatches, uh, not not in, not unbeatable, but 
Cage of two, but he will be a lot better than what his current stats are for for deathmatch in particular. So I was I was happy to, I was really happy to get these two guys. Um, kind of add some more members to forty four zero, and uh, yeah, I was I thought they were a good addition to the game. Yeah, uh, I, you know, like I said, I had actually kind of like forgotten about them and was you know pleasantly surprised when I was like, oh yeah, that's right, this is the other team um, because they're definitely a, a team that uh, that I've wanted and and didn't realize as crazy as this might sound how much I've actually seen of their work. You know, sometimes you just like you almost kind of forget because when you watch so much, especially like on the indie side, you, you know, you can kind of get it can get lost in the shuffle sometimes. Like, oh, I've I, that's right. I've I saw that match. I saw that match. And, you know, AIW obviously was kind of their home base early on as a tag team. And they've held that tag team championship twice. And they've feuded with like two infinity and beyond. And they've had, you know, matches with plenty of other teams that have come through there. And I love the fact that the way that they are used, uh, not just in AIW, but in other promotions as well as a tag team is that they're always, like a legitimate threat they're they're often put into tag title matches and even if they don't win the reason why they're put in those matches is because on any given night the idea is is that this is a tag team that could beat your tag champs um and i think that that's just a great you know that that to to have that kind of um reputation and to be used in that fashion is a testament to your skill your ability your longevity which these guys have had uh and the way that they've really been able to change uh, individually change their game and become these great deathmatch wrestlers. And I think that in some ways, like it's, it's funny reading uh, uh, comments about them, uh, you know, in cage match and that sort of stuff. It, it, people are almost more appreciative of their deathmatch skills, uh, you know, and, and how they are as deathmatch wrestlers these days than they ever were of, of any of their other skills, which, uh, uh, you know, is pretty cool when you're able to reinvent yourself uh, in that fashion. Um, Todd, any more thoughts on, on, on this pair? Well, yeah, I'm really glad. I, I really like that they have the deathmatch stats in there, given that is a big part of them. And I think, you know, just kind of following up on the, the deathmatch set that we did last fall, just kind of getting more guys to kind of put into Absolutely. that realm, I think is, is really great. Uh, so I, yeah, I think even though, as I mentioned before, you're maybe not doing as much just pure tag team right now, although again, we did say they were H2O tag champs, although that also fits the deathmatch stuff quite easily as right. well there with yeah. that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think it's really great to kind of expand on that, that roster and, and kind of have like a, a dual purpose of these cards, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is, is it just me or do you think it's a fair assessment? Uh, you know, I'm asking both of you and Zeke, you, you may have better knowledge of this than, than any of the other, you know, two of us idiots on this podcast right now. Uh, but uh, is deathmatch wrestling kind of seen more of a resurgence over the past, like four or five years than maybe it had in, in, you know, the, the five to maybe even 10 years prior to that, because it, it, it feels to me like it's more popular now than it has been at least in the past, like 10 years. And I feel like that's been a steady build over the past, maybe, you know, four or five years or so. Um, I don't know what it was like 15 years ago because I wasn't watching death matches 15 years ago. I do like I, I am a big death match fan, and I went to tournament survival. I've been to tournament of death. Um, uh, but I do know I do know that GCW show tournament survival was 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 packed. It was standing room only, so it was one of the most popular shows that they, that that that, GC, that I've been to at GCW, and I've seen quite a few GCW shows. So I, I they're definitely popular now for sure. I, I just don't know. 
I, I don't wouldn't be able to say to make the comparison to, to 15, 10, 15 years ago, though. But uh, sure. You know, one thing I would say is the Nick Gage death match mm-hmm. has gotten a little bit more mainstream popularity, more mm-hmm. so than maybe like the, you know, death match between two guys you don't maybe know as much broadly. But I think just, you know, having, you know, Nick Gage fighting all these different people, like, oh, who is he going to fight that's in different, you know, different parts of the wrestling and you know, being people that are not death match wrestlers and having a death match against Nick Gage and being this spectacle. I think that has been one thing to drive it a little bit of. I would completely agree with you. I think what Nick Gage has done, and then following off of that, what guys like you know John Moxley and, and Matt Cardona, and then what AEW has done to kind of maybe raise the profile a little bit with yeah. you know having you know maybe not death match, although obviously the Jericho and Gage match, and 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 then of course you know Kenny Omega and John Moxley's uh, barbed wire match, but like I think that it has become a little bit more. I don't want to say mainstream because you know to imply that you know any of this is considered mainstream sure. might be a little you know <laughs> overboard, but. I think within the terms of professional wrestling, you know, if you if you get outside the WWE bubble, I do think that deathmatch wrestling has become a little bit more accepted and a little bit more mainstream than it has been in quite a while in terms of professional wrestling. Um, so probably and, since like the late '90s, and FMW right? was probably the last time it was really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of the feeling I've got. And and, and again, that's not a knock on like CZW because CZW obviously has been out there doing it, you know, and and, and has, I think, helped to maybe raise the profile of certain names. But I also think that you look at like CZW and even like XPW uh, and some of the stuff that they were doing, especially in the early days of CZW and anything that XPW did was oftentimes I mean, they were train wrecks, you know, and I think that what you're seeing in GCW and what we're seeing in AEW and what we're seeing in some of these other, you know, um, uh, promotions that are running death matches is it that they're, they are kind of focusing a little bit more on on the art of it and the storytelling of it, you, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is, is another thing that it, it, it's kind of like that is something that went away it was really it really was just kind of about the bloodletting for for a while there and and i think because it's getting more infused with the storytelling and you look at like what matt cardona and nick gage were able to do for instance that i mean they told this incredible story through the course of this you know promotion building up to the match and then the match itself and then of course everything that's happened afterwards so i do think that like that aspect of it has probably helped to um, legitimize it in some people's eyes, that it's not just about hitting people with light tubes. I mean, sometimes it is indeed just about hitting people with light tubes. <laughs> but there is, you know, there there are opportunities for it to be about more than that. Even the Jericho sure. engage match is an example of that. Um, I mean, hell, you even look at the, the main event on Dynamite this past week with Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker. And I mean, while not a death match necessarily, I mean, certainly that was you know, they got pretty brutal in that cage and, you know, in the chairs and the thumbtacks and everything else. So, um, it, it, it certainly seems a little bit more, uh, the profile has been, been raised a bit. That's a digression. That's a tangent. That's, you know, it's, 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 it's what I'm good at in the podcasting arena. If you haven't noticed by now, uh, but anyway, uh, back to the set, uh, Zeke, where should we go next? What tag team should we talk about next in this set? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh well we can talk about I guess I guess the main event. Um we'll, I, we'll, yeah. I, um I think I said uh 
when I, at the GCW show, I went to, I think I said tournament death, but I actually have been to tournament death once actually with Todd, but I meant uh, tournament survival was the, the show I was thinking of that was really packed at, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the main event, yeah. When we, uh, re- you know, the Von Erichs kind of steered the whole thing to, to make this a tag team set. Um, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they, they were headliners. That's, and, uh, and I knew that the main event was signed by Ty signed these guys in uh, Pittsburgh. And I remember hearing Sam, you on, on the podcast saying that yeah, you would like to have him in the game. I, although I don't know, I guess if you were talking about this version or the other version, I, I was, and it was funny because I think you sent me a text message uh, afterwards saying like they were in the game. But I remember just being like, that's awesome. I'm so glad that, you know, or that they were signed anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Then I, then I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I wonder if we're talking about the same main event or not, but <laughs> which, which, yeah, I think we talked about before. There is two main events, both spelled the same way. Uh, uh, the, you know, what, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> and they have faced each other too. I saw they, they did. Yes. Yeah. One of the matches I was watching to, uh, uh, working, working on the moves was the main event versus the main event <laughs> in the main event. Uh, and I guess the tornado on the board was one of the commentators. If I understood, if I read what he wrote, correct. Oh, cool. oh very cool. cool. Um, so that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, uh, yeah, these guys are they're they're big, uh, two sixty five and two fifty six five and six five both, um, and um, they kind of got kind of like an athletic theme. Uh, they're both got power, um, and they both got good agility for their size. I mean, they're not quite mm. they're not quite like Willie Mack or you know for his size, but they are. For, for his size, they, they both size they got they got good agility. Um, uh, you're gonna you're gonna see uh, you know kind of kind of you know it's kind of an athletic theme. Uh, flea flicker, some of the moves they got there, the flagrant foul, the, the McAfee, which is a punting move. Uh, uh, they, um, I did a mechanic on Gavin Jones. I don't know. I think people that like the main event might not like the mechanic though. It's it just it was uh, there's. I had them. They had. They came out initially kind of strong. I just um, I took the I took the single finisher for Ganning because I didn't see him doing it too often, especially the way he was describing it to me. Um, and I uh, it's it's on the card as a zero, but as a mechanic, it put it down. It's kind of like it's a, it's a three and tag matches. But if you don't like it, just ignore the mechanic and just have him uh, just, just have, have him do the single finisher and and uh, tag matches too. That's an easy fix if you. If, uh, but I, I, you know, I just I thought at first they came out a little strong, so I did go with that um, mechanic and made some balancing uh, on that card. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to get them. They've been um, I've seen them on AIW, I've, um, AEW on Dark. They've, they made a couple appearances yeah. there. Um, uh, they recently wrestled uh, the PME uh, um, Philly Marino experience on IWTV for the uh, AIW Tag Team Championship, which they didn't win. If they, if they had, we, we would have announced the. AIW Tag Team Champions two weeks in a row. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, PME the, the week before, and then these guys are going to be next. But yeah, they're they're a good team. They're going to. I think they got. A, I think they got a bright future. Uh, so I think it's a great addition. I think Ty made some good signings. Yeah, uh, I totally in agreement with with that. I mean, this is a, a team with a pretty high ceiling, and we're lucky to have them. You know, at this particular point in their career, um, it's funny because reading a little bit about them and preparing like the teaser, um, 
they, you know, kind of rethought the, the, you know, their entire package, if you will, and how they wanted to market themselves and what they could do, you know, to, to, to really get out there more and make this their career as opposed to, you know, just being guys who worked a nine to five Monday through Friday and then went and wrestled on the weekends or whatever. Um, and just hearing about the way that they've approached, you know, even like something like social media and, and, and just everything that they're kind of doing to, you know, get their brand and, and get out there and, and it's working, you know, I think that, yeah. um, obviously everything that they've done, uh, in, in AIW has been impressive. That's where I first saw them. Um, and then it was funny because seeing them on AIW, uh, like it was literally days later, they were on, uh, AEW dark. And I was just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. And uh, I remember even from like my, you know, my old podcast account, like I tweeted something out about that. And, uh, again, just, you know, the way that they use, utilize their social media, they were, you know, responsive and like, and like retweeting and commenting and that sort of stuff and, and seeing the way that they're engaging with the fans and engaging with other wrestlers and, you know, really kind of utilizing that to, um, raise their profile. And I, I mean, I think that, then you look at, like you're saying, I mean, these are two guys who like, they have that look, you know, that sort of classic, you know, these guys, you look at that guy and it's like, oh man, that guy should be a wrestler. And that's, you know, that's just what they look like. And, um, you know, they've had, uh, some, some really fun matches, especially, you know, some of the stuff that I've seen them do. Uh, they had a, a ladder match, uh, in this past December, um, that, that I thought was a lot of fun that they ended up winning, which is, which is how they got their, their title shot against, uh, Phil and Marino experience. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And I, I think that there's still legs in, you know, in kind of that rivalry that they've got with, uh, Philly Marino experience because they've, they've faced each other, you know, a few times before. And, and I think that, uh, main event actually won their first meeting. And so, you know, coming back and, 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 you know, the tag now tag champions, Philly Marino experience, get the win over them. It'll be interesting to see if we get, if we get a third match, uh, between the pairing Todd thoughts on, um, main event. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I first saw them again on AIW as well. And we're really impressed by, by them. I'm like, wow. Okay. These, these guys look like something that's, that could really, you know, they could really have some legs underneath them. So when we heard uh, they were signed, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys definitely need to be in there. Cause I could definitely see the trajectory for them kind of going forward uh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, really impressive uh, guys there. I have seen them also pop up on beyond. They were on uh their Thursday show on uh, IWTV recently as well. I think it was on the Uncharted Territory, but I think they got another show they call it now. I forget what it's called there, but yeah, they've been showing up there too. So they're they're getting around all over now, which was really great to see. And I did hear, I was listening to uh, Lee Moriarty last week on the Unrestricted podcast from uh, AEW and uh, Lee kind of credited uh gannon jones jr from kind of helping him get started out there too i think they were in the same uh same school and stuff there so i thought that was pretty cool yeah uh you know i love the fact that they kind of like present themselves as as athletes you know what i mean like there's something kind of cool about that because uh you know we see you know a lot of people want to be you know grapplers or shooters or you know they want to be kind of like entertaining and and sort of you know funny but with a little bit more of a serious side or they want to be brawlers or they want to be this but the the way that they their presentation is like we're athletes you know we're here to compete and we're athletes and it's it, it, it is different it's you know it's a different thing than what we see from a lot of other uh um you know teams out there uh right now so i, I dig it i dig it um 
Well, all right. So for next up, you already mentioned them. Let's let's just go right into kind of the the headliners, if you will. Let's talk about the Von Eriks, um, Marshall and Ross, um, Zeke. Uh, you know, regale us with tales of signing the Von Eriks and and uh, you know what uh, what it's been like crafting their cards. And I know that you know that there's been some communication about that. So I'm I'm really interested to to kind of hear about this. Okay, well, originally, uh, when we did the tag team set in 2020, we were we wanted the Von Erics from that set, but we couldn't get a hold of them. Uh, we couldn't find their tag. We couldn't find their email anywhere, not on their Twitter. Uh, some of the tricks I've used to find emails in the past, like going to a podcast and just going to the very end when they're giving contact information. I, I went to several podcasts, and they weren't giving it out, so I don't. Um, so they, they currently, you know, they, for whatever reason, they maybe they don't use it much often, or I don't know. So uh, also, at the time, Todd saw that they're, their DMs on Twitter were shut. So we just really didn't have, and, you know, they're located in Hawaii and we just didn't have a way of contacting them. So we couldn't use them, unfortunately. Right. Um, but this past weekend, because um, we didn't have their permission, um, and, but this, not this past weekend, this past summer at uh, Galacticon, uh, at the Major League Wrestling Show, uh, afterwards, um, uh, where was, you know, there's a lot of guys out. I was able to get seven signings, and two of them were the Von Erics, uh, although. Marshall was the toughest one I thought of the seven to get. <laughs> uh, I've, had, I've had tougher to sign, but then he was, he, uh, you know, yeah, I should, I, I talked to Marshall, showed him the cards. Um, I think Pete and Sam Lovetech might've been around too for his part of this. Um, and and um, Marshall said, yeah, they look good. And he asked if we could do it online. And I was thinking, Oh no, cause, cause if we, we cause the, we couldn't, we tried to get a hold of them online before and we just didn't have much luck. And so I told him, well, you know, Marshall it might be quicker just to do it here because it's just a, the form's just a few sentences and it might just be easier just to take care of it here. And he goes, okay, well, let me look at it. And he looked at the form and he looked at it back and he goes, no, I don't think we can do this due to our contract with Major League Wrestling. And I told Marshall, I said, you know, Marshall, I think it might be okay. And I, I showed him like a bunch of the, uh, the names that we had signed that were in Major League Wrestling, including uh, like my Myron Reed card. And I just actually had that autographed because I just talked to my Reed and a few minutes earlier and nice and the card that she, and i actually just had this one out it wasn't uh because uh, i have some of my cards out right now and it was the hammerstone card right here uh which was also i got he saw the hammerstone card and he said uh because the hammerstone just went about battle right that night he goes you know it's probably okay so <laughs> he, yeah yeah <laughs> then uh ross signed it too um now i didn't tell marshall that hammerstone signed before he got to major league wrestling but I, but i don't think the major league wrestling contracts are exclusive yeah they don't do all the the same yeah, merch stuff that yeah, some of the AEW and WWE do. Yeah, they don't. And there's a lot of guys that have signed while in your major league wrestling. Like Todd got my review last year. I, I've signed Selena Dela, Dave Selena Dela Rita when she was in major league wrestling. So I don't. I mean, I signed seven guys that night actually. So, I, <laughs> so obviously, I don't think the contracts are exclusive. So I told him I thought it'd be okay, and he said he he was convinced. So we got him in, um, and I uh, was working on the cards and I. Didn't hear back from Marshall on email, but I finally heard back from Ross, and I had sent him a list of the cards, what I was looking for for him and, Ross and uh, Marshall. And he told me he thought he said they look good, um, so that was good to hear. I, I felt pretty confident, but it's always good to hear back from the rest. Of course, of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, uh, they they uh, they don't have a lot of specialty name moves. Uh, Ross has the flying Ross body, which is a flying cross body because of the flying Ross body, <laughs> and. Um, they have the, the iron claws is the mechanic I put on there. It's, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta have the claw. I mean, come on. It's yeah. the Von Eric card, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. But, 
um, the, the way I put it on there is they got uh, they got um, they have the they have the iron claw, which uh, uh, but then they have but then depending on the dice roll, they could do more of it. They they can also do the claw slam. They just don't do the claw, but then slam you to the to the back <laughs> of the mat. And and Marshall's got the pendulum claw slam, where uh, he's not going to hit it very often, but when he does. It's 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 probably the uh, well, no, in fact, it's the biggest uh, most powerful singles finisher I put on a tag card. Um, uh, he where he swings around the guy around and then does a claw slam on top of him. Um, nice. So uh, and then their tag finisher is the claw slam back suplex. Uh, combo, which is which, the, which is what they used to win the Major League Wrestling Tag Team Championship, and then which they used to retain it later on afterwards too. Um, and uh, and and Ross can confirm that for me. They they had that they had the titles for a while. Though part of it was during the pandemic, so that was you know. But but they uh, they're they're going to be a good they're going to be a good tag team. They're not going to be like the Briscoes or the Young Bucks, which, you know, because I mean they're not quite there, but they're going to they're definitely the stars of the set. Um, yeah. So. They'll probably win some. They'll probably win some tag team championships in the Yeah, I'll be really interested to see. You know, obviously how they're statted, but also how they perform for for other promoters. And then in real life, I'll be interested to see. You know what happens with them because I think that you know MLW has a lot of great stuff going for it, but I, I think for a lot of performers, it should probably be looked at as a stop along the way and not the destination. Um, and obviously, you know, they've wrestled a lot of places already. Um, and, you know, and, and, and got, you know, a lot of experience over in Japan. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where, uh, where they end up and where we could see them, you know, a year or two from now, because I would be, uh, I, I think I'd be surprised if other companies didn't want to at least take a serious look at them. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think it's a great signing for the game. And I think, you know, regardless of whether or not we ever get another Von Eric in, in the game to be able to have, um, you know, to have these guys, you know, and to have that name is, is pretty damn cool regardless. So, um, I'm really looking forward to using them. You know, they're definitely going to find a spot right away in my indie fed. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, Let's go see here, uh, Todd, to uh, two guys that uh, you uh, are pretty familiar with, with AIW, Philly Marino Experience. Yeah, so Philly Marino, um, yeah, also known as Broski 1 and Broski 2 by uh, Matt Cardona. Uh, no, these guys, I know they, they kind of started out in the AIW training school. I think they did some training beforehand and then kind of came in over there, and they've really kind of been built up uh, by AEW over time. Uh, and now they're like, you know, they're, they're the you know, top tag team act kind of, taking on uh, the Rip City Shooters, which is Josh Bishop and um, um, why is his name escaping me now? Um, Wes Barkley. Wes Barkley, yeah. Yes. Um, so they're, they're kind of like the top tag team feud there. So, you know, when, uh, yeah, I think Zeke uh, was this at, uh, this was out in the WrestleCon in Indy, right? Wasn't it? Or it not, wasn't the, in Indy, but it wasn't the WrestleCon. It was uh, huh? at... Uh, it was the it was a Labor Day weekend. They did a D, AIW did a D, did a uh, doubleheader with uh, GCW. Right, gotcha. And I didn't mean WrestleCon. I meant a uh, collective. Sorry, I'm getting my uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you know, <laughs> mega <laughs> shows uh, confused there. Uh, but yeah, I know they did the collective. But yeah, that's right. They did another weekend where it was just AIW and GCW. Yeah, yeah. 
Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, when Zeke said, "Oh, they're gonna be," I'm like, "Oh yeah, definitely get them," because I, I definitely like these guys a lot. I saw their them kind of be built up by AEW. I think at the time they were, you know, still a, a face tag team, and then you know, eventually they had a the heel turn when they joined up with uh, Matt Cardona, and then you know, won won back the the tag team titles here now too. So uh, really glad to have them in there. I think the art came out pretty awesome. Uh, for this, uh, you know, they're very flashy, colorful outfits and everything like that, which I think is was really nice. Yeah, I think the artwork is great. I mean, the artwork on all these cards uh, is fantastic. I think you know Warner continues to really hit it out of the park, and I think that uh, yeah, there's just been some cool opportunities for for the use of color, you know, both the legend side and and the uh, uh, indie side, and this the, you know this pairing is of course no no exception to that. Um, and, and yeah, much like you, you know, familiar with them through their work in AIW and, you know, hadn't necessarily seen them as early as you had, but just, you know, following them in particular over the past, like, you know, right before the pandemic, uh, yeah. I guess, you know, hit and, and, and then of course everything that they've done since, uh, and, and they're just, I mean, they're incredibly entertaining and, 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 and a lot of fun to watch and, and very good, uh, hands in the ring as well. So really looking forward to having, you know, them, uh, join the, the ranks of the other tag teams. Uh, Zeke, what are your thoughts on this team? And, and you know, talk a little bit maybe about what you've done with them. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 this is, I think this is a good team to, to get in the game. I'm definitely going to pair them up with Mac and do with for, at some point. For sure. <laughs> I, I will, um, I'll tell you that these are another guys that I, with all, they had a lot of great moves and I didn't want to loop stuff out. And I, I did, you know, the, um, I did the same thing when I did with uh, Gavin Jones, one of these guys, Gavin Jones, uh, where I, um, they have some uh, singles finishers because I, I want to admit, I want to put those on there in case someone wanted to put them in a singles match for some reason. But they're sure uh, I put them as three in, in tags because I just I wanted to uh, balance them out. But again, if you want them to be a little bit stronger, then just ignore the mechanics. Use a fix, and you can uh, use them, keep your singles finishers as, uh, as well. Um, not counted just as a regular three move, but um, yeah, they, they they I know they really wanted to be in the game uh, when I was in Indianapolis before the IW show was starting. And Joe Michaels, who's been to uh, a lot of AIW shows, he spotted Philly Collins, and so I went to go talk to Philly, and Philly really wanted he he, he really wanted to be in the game, and he goes, <laughs> "Follow me, we're going to go get Marino." And he took me back to like the, the backstage area where the wrestlers were at, and he got Marino signed up. Cause, uh, uh, so I, they really wanted they really wanted to be in. Um, uh, so I know, and then, so I know they were excited. They, they helped me out with some, helped me out with a lot of the moves. Uh, yeah, they're 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 a good tag. They're a good tag team. I know that um, they, there was this PWI um, issue that came out like a couple months ago. or So and they had like the top fifty tag teams. Yeah, they did not make it, but they made honorable mention just outside of. It. So they are, you know, they're they're a good tag team. Uh, yeah, the three time AEW tag teams uh, champions. Um, I think they fall. I think they. I think they're just behind Cheech and Cloudy. I think. Uh, no, no, they're behind um, to Infinity Beyond. Infinity Beyond, yeah. Uh, which is uh, Cheech and um, Colin uh, Delaney. Cheech and Colin Delaney, yes, yes. Mm. So, um, so yeah, they're 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 good. They're good. They're a good addition for the set for sure. Uh, uh, their finisher Sunset Dreams is like a flapjack, a flatliner combination. Um, yeah, I, no, I'm glad. I'm glad to have. I'm looking forward to, to, to using the cards. 
Yeah, this is a team too that I feel like, uh, you know, honestly, of, of all the teams uh, in th- this set that would probably th- like slide in easiest into my current indie fed, you know, uh, like the other teams will, will definitely find spots and I can't wait to use them. But I feel like I use a lot of kind of teams that are maybe a little bit more similar to, you know, size and vibe to, to Philly Marino experience, whereas the rest of these teams are a little, you know, a little bit different because we've got kind of like, you know, some some brawlers and, and big guys and, you know, and that sort of stuff. And obviously these two, these two aren't necessarily big or brawlers, uh, <laughs> but but uh, inter- wildly entertaining. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to using them. Um, and then the, the the last pair, which uh, had I really been, you know, on my game here, I would have segued out of the Von Eriks into this next pairing since they've clashed so many times uh, over the MLW tag titles. And that, of course, is a 5150, which is going to be Slice Boogie and Danny Limelight. Um, I again, what what a great signing! Great to have these guys in the game. I think that they they fill like a, a really cool uh, a spot. Um, and and I mean, talented talented guys, you know, without a doubt. And uh, you know, complement one another's styles very well. Um, they're 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 one of those tag teams that just feels like they should be a tag team, in spite of of course both having, you know. Um, um, lots of singles matches to their names as well. They're not just, you know, exclusively an only tag team wrestlers. Whereas like, you know, main event, for instance, we've pretty much only seen them as a tag team, you know, other than, you know, maybe their earliest days when they were working, uh, singles or whatever. But, um, I'm really looking forward to to bringing them in and, uh, you know, maybe replicating some of those matches with the Von Eriks. I think that'll be a hell of a lot of fun. Todd, what are, what are you thinking about these two? Uh, well, I mean, uh, probably of the five teams in the set, this is probably the one I'm least familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. which maybe could be surprising for some people. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch a ton of MLW. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen, I, I have seen a little bit of the Von Erics, but I haven't seen too much of them. I did watch a couple clips after kind of, you know, knowing, you know, we had them there and they, from what I've seen, very impressive. Um, kind of a cool characters overall, uh, as well. I think that I, I like how, the art kind of came out with, you know, I think it was one of the few pieces where we had to kind of piece together, uh, you know, some singles uh, photos into a tag art, but I think it overall came out uh, pretty nice. Um, uh, I know Slice Boogie was signed by Zeke, and then I had to re- I reached out to Danny Limelight, and uh, we were able to get that all worked out. So uh, I know this is definitely one of the teams we wanted to include in there, especially given the Von Eriks and, and getting to have that, that uh, rivalry between them represented. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, one thing that's uh, also worth noting <laughs> is that, uh, you know, Danny Limelight has also had uh, quite a few matches on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong um, as a part of Team Filthy um, with Tom Lawler and stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's lots of potential, I think, for, for a guy like him to be used in, in lots of different capacities. Uh, but, of course, that also all depends on the way that uh, Zeke has made up his cards. So let's uh, take it over to Zeke. Tell us about 5150 and uh, what you've done with these cards. Well, 5150, uh, yeah, Slice Boogie. I got, I signed Slice Boogie, uh, GCW 2020 in, uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, January. Um, and that was, I had heard the name, uh, cause he, he was, in 2019 was his rookie year for the most part. I think he might have messed up a little bit before 2018, but 2019 was his rookie year and he, uh, won SoCal Rookie of the Year. And I hadn't seen him before the 2020. I just, when I saw him in that scramble, um, uh, I, I'm kind 
kind of judicious on who I sign. I don't want to sign up a lot of people I don't think will have cards because I just don't think it's really a great thing. But, um, but I, with, with with his confidence, with his with his attitude, and I just thought that this is a guy we need to get. I knew he'd kind of be like probably a back pocket type of guy that we would get right right away. But, um, but yeah, I, I stayed afterwards and talked to Sicebook again. Uh, so we were able to get him, which I was, I was happy about. Uh, yeah, uh, Danny Limelight's card will be a little bit stronger in a slice boogie. Um, he, uh, Danny Limelight is mostly a, well, I, actually, I did something I've not done with a tag card before. Um, mathematically, it works out the same, though. Uh, Danny Limelight's got two singles finishers, no tag finisher, but he's oh, got nice. a, he's got a mechanic, though, where their, their tag finisher is the eight, five, no, the four, five, six head crack. Um, what I, and he's got two singles finishers, the Symbiote DDT, which is a tornado DDT. And Maurice Sorinado, no, Maurice Sorinado, probably butchered that, but that means uh, to die sleeping, which is a rear naked choke. And a lot of times to put the guy in position, he'll, he'll grab him by the tights and then, and then sort of slap that finisher on. Uh, but what I put on for both their cards as a mechanic, um, we're in a tag match with Slice Boogie, uh, roll eight, see, I actually have here, uh, roll eight to 12. And then in that case, it'll be four, five, six, head crack plus one. So it's not a tag, you, you won't automatically have that. In a singles match, but you have a like a fifty percent chance almost of getting it in uh, an attack match. It may show nice. up not. So I thought yeah. that was I, I liked how that that came out. It was a little bit different than what I've done before. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Daniel Limelight. Uh, he's he's a guy. It has some of the best ropes defense and turnbuckle defense that I, I've been really impressed with. Uh, you know, he was on a a um, sometimes I get. AEW and AW, uh, sometimes I said the wrong one, but on AW Dark, you know, he was on some episodes and he was actually winning. Usually, when they bring in the guests, it's usually for the other wrestlers to, um, you know, improve their, their, their win loss record and for right. them to get exposure to the Fed. But he actually won multiple matches on, on uh, AW Dark, so it's kind of surprised he didn't get signed. But um, but he's got really good defense. Uh, like in the corner, one thing he'll do is he'll get thrown in the corner and he'll crouch down on the second rope. And as the guy's coming after him, he'll propel himself off the ropes, you know, flip over the guy, and then the other guy's in the turnbuckle, and that just translates directly to uh, to, to an A turnbuckle rating, and he's got A's on both of the ropes and turnbuckles based on what, what I've seen, which is, uh, if I could give him an A-plus on, on, on those two, I probably would, and he's, uh, based, based, on, like, based on some of the stuff I saw, like in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and stuff, and um, you know, Deppin's another guy that, just to just think about it, had a really good turnbuckle defense, and I saw last weekend in uh, GCW against ACH where he would get, he'll get thrown in and he'll his tendency oftentimes will be to pull himself up over a charging guy in and propel himself forward and the guy's trapped in the corner as well. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, yeah, he's really good, really good chart defense on the uh, ropes and turnbuckles, which I, I thought was really warranted um, uh, in particular. Um, and yeah, these guys are also in championship wrestling for Hollywood. Uh, at least they were. Oh, they they were uh, they did a bunch of filming. They haven't come back yet um i think they're looking at syndication deal or something so they have a bunch of stuff filmed but not they haven't put it out yet um and uh they were uh they, they were they formed a three-man group called the bodega um and they were the um, heritage tag team champions there and the other guy they were with was a guy named uh uh king fatboy papalesco uh and it, i i don't want to give anything away but uh king papo king king fatboy papalesco uh, did contact uh, Grant um, 
about being in the game. And I'm not at liberty to say if Grant might have signed him or if he might be in another championship wrestling Bollywood set coming out. I, I can't, that's not my news to announce and I don't want to, but he's been contacted. I just want to say he's been contacted. So, um, so, and that's pretty cool. Um, also, just real quickly, Grant's listening. Thank, thank you, Grant. I got the package you sent me tonight. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think these, these guys are good. I'm going to, I'm going to put them in my uh, championship wrestling Bollywood fed and other, some other things too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting their cards. Uh, it's going to be Danny Limelight, not Rivera, because that's what uh, Danny requested for his card. Um, in, in a 5150 and major league wrestling is known as Rivera, but he seems to prefer Danny Limelight more. And that's what he usually is announced outside of major league wrestling. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of like that in a way too, because I, like you said, that's what he's announced as other places. And, yeah. um, you know, I think the first time that honestly, one of the first times that I saw him was probably on new Japan strong and it was, you know, Danny limelight. So, um, but yeah, he, I, you're right. I, I'd kind of forgotten about that with the AW dark stuff. Um, he, he did pick up some wins, um, which again, like I said, is not something that you normally see. Uh, but he worked a lot of those shows during the early, the early pandemic shows. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he was big on those. Yeah. yeah. He was around, which makes sense because I think he's one of those guys that has an, you know, kind of an established indie career and, and cred and, you know, he's, he's good at what he does. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to having this tag team and, and to using, um, to maybe even using Danny in, in a little bit of a singles run, see, you know, see what he does or something, uh, might be kind of fun to do, uh, as well. Um, so let's let's talk for a moment uh, just about like kind of tag teams in general, and you know, having done this before with another tag team set, and you know, obviously having done a lot of tag teams, you know, in indie sets over the years. Um, is there, you know, other than saying like, okay, they have tag moves, or you know, these guys are really good defensively on tag or that sort of stuff, but is there any kind of approach or variation in your usual approach to statting cards for tag teams uh, than you know, contrasting that to say a singles card? Um, well, yeah, because you want what? Well, um, it depends on yeah, it depends on who they are because uh, all these tag teams. Some of these tag teams are not all the same cards. I mean, uh, right. like the, the Von Eric's got both singles and tag finisher that's going to apply in their matches because they, they mostly are, are tags. They, they have a, a little bit of singles, but mostly tags, and they're, they're strong enough that one of that to apply. Uh, some, of the, some of these cards like um, Pimi, uh, if you blame as written, just their tag finisher will apply. Uh, uh, Danny Limelight, it's got two singles finishers, but potentially with a mechanic can't hit a tag uh, finisher. Um, so, um, yeah, there's, uh, so there's stuff that there that, that I, I put in that, um, uh, like a lot of times, like if it's a singles guy that for the most part, I don't, uh, on a singles finisher and attack set, I, they usually will get a zero. Uh, but like if it was a singles card from the cells, I might, you know, depending on who it is, uh, then I might give them a different, uh, a higher finisher rating, for example. Um, uh, I, I don't know. This is what we're, we're asking, but like some of the moves that I have for, um, well, like a slice boogie, for example, uh, they got this tag signature called the street sweeper. And I made it cause I wanted to cause slice boogie does a lot of singles matches. So I made it a mechanic when he wrestles with, uh, Danny limelight. So it's, it's a little stronger in tags, but I made that. I attached that mechanic specifically to his springboard elbow drop, which he does in his singles matches because, in his uh as a street sweeper move as a combo move and the last move is the springboard double drop so it just seems like that'd be the natural place to, to put that um, um 
with the uh, with the with the tag moves, um, what I try to do for the most part is, uh, you know, when I do a combo move, the guy who hits it, sometimes it's simultaneously, so it doesn't matter. But but uh, if if there's a guy that hits the second part of the combo last, I try to put that on on his card because. Um, because if I put it on the first card, it's another move that the other guy's going to hit anyway. So I try to I try to do that, but sometimes it doesn't work. Because sometimes they'll be just you know because you, you want to try to move those out, and sometimes if it's the same guy hitting the second half of the move again and again and again, you kind of still have to even it out. And I mean, even the Road Warriors, for example, they both Hawk and Ann will have the uh, have the um, Doomsday Device, even though it's even though it's Hawk hitting the clothesline on it. Um, but uh, um. But those are some of the things I, I, I do with, uh, with, with tag cards. Um, like, uh, cause I know, I know that some of the other tag moves, um, if they want them to be good at singles as well, uh, I, I put them, I put those, I put those moves in certain spots you know, and so forth. I, I don't know if I fully answered your question. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I was just curious as to your uh, approach and I think that all of that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, I, you know, I think it is interesting because obviously there, you know, there, there's differences between doing a tag team than, than doing, you know, a singles guy and, you know, same thing with doing like a, a technical wrestler versus a deathmatch wrestler or whatnot. And, and just kind of, I think any chance we get to talk even, even briefly, uh, about some of that stuff is always interesting to me. And I know it's interesting to other listeners because, uh, a lot of people, uh, that are listening to this have obviously, you know, created cards of their own, whether they've, you know, they're out there for public consumption or if they've just done it for themselves. And so I always love that conversation because I think, um, it's helpful to know, you know, what the, what, what the pros are doing basically, you know? Uh, and, and, and I, I certainly, um, like I said, I mean, one of the things that I look forward to the most is, is seeing, seeing the stats, you know, I mean, I mean, there was definitely, there was a time, you know, in like the late nineties, early two thousands when all I needed was stats. I didn't need any art. Like I just print off stats and that was all, you know, that was all I needed for, you know, bootlegs. So, uh, I have plenty, in fact, it's funny because I was going through my cards not too long ago and I have plenty of cards that I printed out. Like, God, I think literally some of these are probably like 20 years old or whatever. And they're just, they're just stats. There's no art. There's no pictures or anything on the front of them. It's just, you know, it's, it's just the stats because to me, that's, that's the game, right? You know, the art is cool, but, um, all, all I need are the stats. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing the stats for these guys, and uh, you know maybe digging a little deeper to to write some bios for them. But um, I think it's a great set, and I think that we've got five tag teams assembled here that can fill all sorts of different spots uh, for a promoter. Um, you know, variety of of kind of experience levels, power levels, uh, wrestling styles, which you know that's that's the hope, right? Every time that a set comes out, is that you're able to kind of like give a variety as opposed to to maybe guys that just do, you know, one thing or everybody looks the same or, you know, they're part of that cookie cutter mold. Um, and this set definitely, uh, brings us a lot of really cool, uh, tag teams. And, and I think also brings us, uh, uh, tag teams that have wrestled all over the place, you know, whether it's, uh, um, you know, the Midwest, uh, Southern, Southern California, uh, the Northeast, uh, you know, uh, Japan, uh, in the case of, of the Von Eriks. Um, it, so it's cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to having these guys. Um, so here's a question. We have no updates, you know, in, I mean, obviously Eric Ryan is an update, but as far as like a tag team goes, we've got no tag team updates. So, 
we talk a lot about updates, especially for singles competitors. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have names that they really want to see. As far as tag teams go, if you could update one tag team um, from, you know, any of the indies, whether, you know, it's somebody that you've, you statted before or somebody that somebody else statted before, whatever the case may be, who would you update? (laughs) I probably, probably, um, probably Kevin Kim and Dominic Green. Dominic Green. You know, Green's card, he came out and evolved. I I think, you know, some cards I'd like to hear redo and evolve, but I think his card, well, um, based on what they've done since then, but uh, Green, I think his card was good for his time. Totally. Uh, and then uh, Kevin, the trick, it's really tricky to, to do, uh, like with Kevin Koo, I was, I was glad we got him because, uh, but it's kind of tricky to do uh, releasing one guy in attack because you're, you got so many other stuff you want to put on there. And it's just, um, you know, I, it's, it, it, some, something like that could be, I think, preferable when possible to kind of balance it out maybe a little bit more. And Greeny should get a, be a little bit stronger than he, he is now because, uh, at the time, I think the card is fine, but now I think he is a little stronger, and um, you know, just uh, just to kind of distribute the uh, tag offense out a little bit, a little bit more, and so forth. And, um, so probably one of them for sure would be at the top of my head. I think uh, Ku and Green for sure. Yeah, I mean that honestly, that's that's exactly what I would have said as well. And I think that you know, again, you're you're right on the money. Greeny's card for when it came out was exactly where it should have been because he was new. He was not, you know, he didn't have a, a lot of experience. He was he was being kind of uh, you know pushed as as uh, kind of a bodyguard more than anything. He wasn't you know a guy that was going out there and you know and breaking arms or, or whatever. And uh, and I think that now you know where he is, um, you know, he's he's arguably become you know, one of the better indies wrestlers around, um, whether it's singles or tag and, and, and certainly violence is forever is probably, you know, even, even still, uh, one of the best tag teams on the indies. Um, I, I think what they've done, uh, you know, anywhere they, they go, uh, has been pretty fantastic. And they're the type of team that you can stick with anybody and, and they'll perform well. Um, you know, they're, they're not just kind of confined to, to wrestling one type of match or one type of opponent. Um, so I think that that's probably who, who I would pick too. Um, Todd, what about you? You know, honestly, I can't think of anybody better than that. I mean, that's, that's probably the one to go with as well. Yeah. I was looking through the list there just to see if anybody else I could pick out that I'd rather have. Yeah. I'd say it's probably them just to get a more tag focused cards, uh, for sure. Yeah. You know, they they were, they were, uh, they were IWTV tag team of the year. Uh, was it the, was it 2020? Was it, or I I think it was two years in a row, wasn't it? It was two years in a row. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, they are, they are the team that, you know, do a lot of stuff down in, uh, you know, uh, sup and action and, uh, and, uh, you know, and and all over the place there, but I, I, I can't think of another team more deserving than them. And I think there's a good chance we'll probably see an update from them at one point. Yes. That's another team <laughs> I can think of too would be, uh, I mean, I don't think it's possible because they're now in the WWE, but, uh, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Uh, they, oh they, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of dis- discounting all like the AEW yeah. and WWE ones. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that would they'd be great. They yeah. did. They, that was one of the things with the with, with we talked about with the uh, when the Fed Pacific sets. You know, we put a new one out each year, and uh, you you get you need eight cards, and so the guys that are new you put in, but sometimes uh, like those guys, uh, you can put them too soon. Um, yeah. 
beginning to fill this annual set and um you know they they got they they you know they got better pretty quickly you know they, they were pw tag, tag team champions for a long time and um i yeah i would have you know they definitely would have had stronger cards today for sure so that another, another one um for sure uh would be those two yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's so many teams that we've done that are, you know, on you know some bigger platforms now. Uh, I mean, if you just look at AEW's tag team roster, which is ridiculous, <laughs> I think, but still, I think almost like, you know, a good portion of those guys, you know, Santana and Ortiz, uh, 2.0 or whatever they're called now, um, and um, I mean, just a, bu- a bunch of tag team. Obviously, a couple iterations of the Young Bucks and. Uh, uh, Trying to think cloaks there, but yeah, there's probably a couple other ones as well. I'm forgetting about. Yeah, I mean, AEW's tag division is just insane. I mean, there's so many great names, and 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 you know, and I think that they're they found a way to to really start. They 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 have handled the criticism of how are you going to balance all of these wrestlers well because i feel like they've really done a good job of finding spots you know for for everyone if not necessarily like everyone you know is 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 on the top of the card because they can't be that's not the way that this works but i think that everyone is in a very good position um and and utilized very very well and you're going to get a a great match of any pairing you know what i mean like that's the cool thing uh about where they are uh here's here's one that i'll just throw out there that's kind of interesting that's you know that's indies but 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 almost in a way this would almost be like a legends team now uh by any standard i would love to actually see a canadian ninjas remake of nicole matthews and portia perez because i feel like their initial shimmer set cards are underpowered for where they should be considering the run that they had with those tag titles, considering their positioning in Shimmer during you know that time, uh, and now considering, of course, that Porsche is, is retired due to a neck injury um, and has been for for a number of years now. But I think that it would be really really cool to you know to see uh, like uh, you know some stronger stats for them. And of course, with Nicole Matthews, we got you know her got the upgrade, uh, yeah. you know her upgrade for her her title run that she had. And I mean, she's arguably one of the best you know, independent women wrestlers around, but like, um, yeah, I just think, I, I think that would be kind of neat, you know, to, to see like some really, you know, charged up stats for them as, uh, uh, as a tag team or something that maybe they kind of had a mechanic for, you know, all of their devious antics, uh, in order to, to, to win matches and stuff would be kind of cool, you know? Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I do think that it is kind of a, a case closed sort of thing when it comes to tag team getting an update is it being violences forever. And I, I do, I hope we see that, uh, sooner rather than later. That'd be pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, so let's go ahead and move out of our main event and, and kind of start to wrap things up here. But one thing that, uh, you know, we were just talking about, obviously, was AEW and, and, and their tag team division. Uh, and, of course, Dynamite uh, was just last night. And it's been, you know, it's been a big, big couple of weeks uh, for AEW coming off of the Revolution pay-per-view, which was, you know, pretty, pretty phenomenal by any standard. Um, maybe not Jim Cornette's standard, but, uh, I think, uh, I, I, I know that, you know, I, I, I loved it. Um, and the, one of the cool things that happened 
is that they were able to have a match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which was fine on the pay-per-view. Have Britt Baker go over after, you know, massive amounts of interference and everything. And then have a match between Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa on the following Dynamite to determine a number one contender, um, which was cool because, you know, you kind of, the writing was kind of on the wall, but it was a great way to get a little bit more mileage out of this thing. Thunder Rosa won. It was announced by Tony Schiavone immediately after the match that Thunder Rosa would get her match at, you know, the St. Paddy's Day show and that it would be in a steel cage. As soon as that was announced, I was just sort of like, okay, I think we're in for a treat. Because if, if you haven't seen the Lights Out match, the Lights Out match, it was just phenomenal. Like, I, I mean, that match was just phenomenal. And here we are now. Uh, it won PWI match of the year, too. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think too many, probably outside of Sasha and Bailey at the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, is there any other women's match of the year that's on there? Probably not. Yeah, I, I can't, can't remember. No, I yeah. can't think of one. Um, and, uh, they, you know, this this has been like a year in the making. And and you and I, Todd, we've obviously talked about it quite a bit. And we, you know, we've talked about it, and I know that you, you've been a strong proponent for it, um, that Thunder Rosa was going to be the one to dethrone Britt Baker. And yeah. I think that it was kind of, in a way, it, it, you know, as disappointing as it might have been for some people, it was actually kind of a stroke of genius to have – to have Thunder Rosa lose at Revolution. Yeah. Because also the other thing that we're not saying is that the show happened in San Antonio, which is where Thunder Rosa lives now. So she got to basically win this in her in in you know her hometown. Uh, the cage match was wild. They both bled. There were chairs. There were thumbtacks. There were cage spots. There was you know there was lots of craziness, and it was you know and it was it was just a damn good match. It was definitely better than their their pay per view match. I thought. Sure. Um, sure. Interesting yeah. cage too, right? Like they had like with the ring was up against the cage on either one or two sides, and then the other sides it was kind of like open so you can go around and get stuff from underneath the ring so they could bring in all the weapons and stuff. I thought that was an interesting. I've never seen, I've seen like you know like the, obviously the hell in the cell where you can go outside and I've right. seen the standard cages. Right, I've never seen like a half and half like that. It was an interesting configuration. Yeah, I've never seen that either. I've seen like, you know, like old old school matches that have had kind of like the cage or fencing like separated from the ring so you could go out of the ring. Um, you know, I think Memphis used to do that uh, uh, a bit uh, as well. But um, but yeah, to see like kind of the hybrid style where you've got, you know, up against, like I said, up against the ring so you could do all those sorts of cage spots, but then you can go out of the ring so you can, you know, get other stuff and bring it in, the plunder. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and obviously Thunder Rosa got the win, and and it was a big, uh, a big moment for her. And man, that crowd! Holy shit, that was one of the most like live crowds that I have. I, I mean, I like to pride myself in like Chicago crowds being pretty yeah. great, but this San Antonio crowd like was electric from the get go. Uh, it was pretty damn cool. And you could tell that the wrestlers were feeding off of that, even from the first match, you know, the six man with, uh, with Paige and, um, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy taking on, um, Red Dragon and Adam Cole. Um, I mean, there was, there was an early run where Adam Page was just like going nuts in the ring, like hitting a bunch of moves, taking out everybody. And when he was done, like standing there in the middle of the ring and I mean, the crowd was just 
eating it up. And like, it was one of those cases where it's like the crowd is feeding off of what he's doing, but you could tell he was feeding off of what the crowd was doing. So it was like, it was that perfect synergy between, you know, audience and performer. And, um, and, and, and I, I tell you what, I mean, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I, it continues to be the case. Adam Page has become my favorite AEW champion. And mm-hmm. I was mentioning this to Zeke actually before, uh, before you joined us, before we were on the air, so to speak. One of the things I think that Adam Page has benefited from the most is that with Jericho, Moxley, and Omega, them winning the championship did not necessarily put them in a different gear. They were already there because those guys were were made men, if you will, before they ever needed that title or won that title. You know, and arguably, you know, some people could say that Jericho's best days were behind him. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, people could say that Moxley's run in WWE would is the zenith of his popularity, which I think is bullshit. But that's besides the point. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, some people aren't aren't Kenny Omega fans. That's fine. But but they were already there. And for Paige, I feel like him winning the title, he's put it in a different gear. Like it he he's gone from being a guy who, you know, was gonna win to now the guy who has the title and is gonna be the champion and is gonna be the champion for a long time coming. Um so I I, I, I thought it was I thought it was a damn good show. The Jericho Appreciation Society bit was Pretty priceless in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Jericho uh, continuing to be a genius and coming out and saying, I'm a sports entertainer. And then getting Daniel Garcia, of yeah. all people, to say, ding, ding, ding. I'm a sports entertainer. Yeah, uh, that, that, I, as soon as I saw that, I was dying laughing, just waiting to hear what uh, Sam's reaction was going to be. <laughs> well, and I told you, like, my PWI brain is like, yeah. no, they've ruined Daniel Garcia. But my observer brain is just sort of like, holy shit, that's brilliant. That's brilliant because you're taking a guy who was so established, especially on the indies and even in his early moments in AEW as being kind of like we were talking about earlier, the grappler, the shooter, the guy who's going to get in there and wrestle you, you know? And now, and now all of a sudden there's this, there's this new layer, you know? There's this new dynamic to his character, to where he can go, to what he can be. And I think putting him with a guy like Jericho, in my mind, when I look at that faction, when I look at those five guys, the guy who has the highest ceiling and the most places to go out of all of them is Daniel Garcia. And I don't think it's any accident whatsoever that you put a guy like Garcia with a guy like Jericho. And you know what I mean? So I think that this is going to go someplace really, really cool. Um, And I think what I would say also is that for me, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that the Jericho Appreciation Society is on a collision course eventually with um, Brian Danielson, John yes. Moxley, and William Regal's team. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think I noticed I've picked up on that last night too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Garcia is going to have an interesting part to play in that. Yes. Um, so that's going to be pretty. That's going to be pretty damn cool uh, when when that happens. But uh, it's funny because I, I I will say that on the whole, while this was a great show. I don't necessarily think that it's the best dynamite of the past, like, six weeks or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think that you got some pretty great moments out of it. I think, the, you know, the six-man obviously furthers a lot of stuff with Paige and Cole. The Jericho stuff was fantastic. Um, you know, you, you got a good tag match with uh, um, Moxley and Danielson. You know, you get the the Thunder Rosa uh, championship win. So there, a lot of important oh, stuff happened. And, and the Hardys debut, too, That's as a tag right. team as well, Dan on top, so... Yeah, yeah, the Hardys, not no longer the Hardys, not the Hardy boys, boys. the Hardys. Yes, I noticed that too. (laughs) Um, 
so yeah, Zeke, uh, what were your thoughts on the show? Because I know you, you mentioned that you didn't see the the six man to, uh, to or the trios match to to begin the show, but you saw the rest of it. Oh yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, good to see Thunder Rosa win the title. Um, I like the new Jer- I mean, I like Jericho's new group. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, it's AW. I'm really looking forward to seeing AW when they come to town in Vegas for they come to Las Vegas for uh, uh, five. Well, they're doing three shows over the course of five days in uh, in late May. I'm really looking forward. I'm actually looking more forward to going to Double or Nothing than I am to WrestleMania. I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, but I'm still looking more forward to Double or Nothing. I, I mean, you mentioned Adam Page. I remember ten years ago um, at Wrestle Reunion, he wrestled in the opening match. He showed it, came up to the ring in his green hat and was in the opening match. And now he's you know the world champion of AEW. Yeah. Was at that show with Chris Foster. And I think that's the show. Chris can correct me, but I think that's the show we were at. Or one of the fans thought it would be a good idea to throw a beer at Scott Steiner, and Scott Steiner jumped the rail. <sighs> but God, but yeah, he was, Adam Page went from the uh, you know opening match to uh, ten years ago when I saw him. To, yeah, he's the world champion. Yeah, yeah, it's, I he's had a hell of a story, you know, and he, and he's one of those guys that I think when people say that thing about. When I saw you back then, I knew that you were headed somewhere. It's kind of true because I know the first time I saw him in Ring of Honor, I was just sort of like, "Oh shit, this kid's going to be really, really good." Um, and he is, you know. And and the moment and, and the moment in my eyes that really made him and put him on the on the on the next level for me, um, you know, after watching him for a few years and be like, "Oh yeah, this kid's going to be really good," was his match with Minoru Suzuki in New Japan. Like when I saw his match with Suzuki, I was just sort of like, "Okay, yep." He's he's ready. He's ready for whatever you throw at him. Um, you know, and his match with Jay White was was great too. And and then of course everything. I think everything that he's done in AEW, just as 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 not even as a wrestler in the ring, but just as a storyteller, has been phenomenal. Um, so I, I look forward to what what's next uh, uh, from him uh, for for many years to come. Hopefully. Um, so you mentioned Scott Steiner, and I'll throw this out there real quick because the rumor has it that uh, WWE wants to induct the Steiners into the uh, Hall of Fame, which you know you can say whatever you want about the Hall of Fame. Like it, you know, it's, it's it's fine. I on one hand, it's cool, and there have been moments when I've really enjoyed it because I've loved the speeches and you know the pomp of it, and you know, and, and getting you know getting some sort of honor for 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 these performers or whatever. At the same time, yeah, it's just a made up thing, and it's you know, it's it's totally like it doesn't it's not a, it's not necessarily like a Hall of Fame in the terms of like Major League Baseball or whatever. You know, this is clearly just more like we're celebrating these people that worked for us once upon a time. You know, um, so uh, I'm I'm curious. I did hear, actually realize I did hear recently there is actually all the Hall of Famers listed in the elevator in Titan Towers, and they do add new names as I said. There is a place where they are recognized within the WWE building. Wow, I did not know that. There's a there's a WWE former WWE writer that uh, this podcast. I, I mean, I guess recently. I guess better the elevator than the John, I suppose. Exactly. You know? right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Todd, what would be your thoughts? I mean, um, do you think, A, do you think it could happen? Because we know that, like, Scott has had, like, heat with everybody pretty much, uh, you know, ever. Um, you know, obviously Rick's son is currently the NXT champion. Um, so I'm well, curious. No, not, not currently. He lost it. Oh, did he? Yeah. That shows you how much I fucking follow it. <laughs> uh, uh, who'd he lose it to? Dolph Ziggler. Oh my god! The triple triple threat. He didn't actually get pinned, of course. So. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I mean, 
Good for Dolph, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, like You're I thought, who's gone backwards from world champion back to NXT right? champion? Right. I, I mean, I think it's cool that, like I said, I, I thought it was cool, and it piqued my interest when I heard that Dolph was there. There, but yeah. to have him win the title, that that's see, that's where they lose me. That's what it's just sort of like. <laughs> well, how does that make sense? But anyway, uh, you know, uh, I but yeah, I, I'd say overall, I mean, can it happen? Sure. I mean, how many people have had heat with WWE over the years <laughs> and come back? You know, ones that are like we never expected that. Who the heck right. expected the Ultimate Warrior to come right. back? That's exactly you know? what I was I thinking mean, of. Yeah. So I, I, Scott Steiner, yeah, I mean, he'll. I think it, that's not a problem at all. Yeah. What What about you, Zeke? Um, in terms of uh, what my thoughts about the, the well, do you think it, do you think it will happen? And I, I mean, I, I think like I think it goes without saying that the Steiners are one of the best tag teams that oh. I've ever seen. You know, what I mean? like I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see them, you know, honored in in any way, shape, or form. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious if you think that is is it possible? And 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 feel free to give your thoughts on the Steiners. I, you know, that's. Well, yeah, I, I think um, I, it sounds like I, I think that they would still indict. Um, Induct um, Rick Steiner uh, by himself if, if necessary because uh, you know he's the father of Braun Breaker uh, and it's just going to be weird though because you know they usually show these highlights of him and I think wasn't he only a tag team partner with Scott pretty much in WWF so Scott's going to be in the highlight reel for the most part and they're going to use non WWE footage to show his whole uh, which they do sometimes for <laughs> I mean, it's it you know I mean I mean it's they. So I, I don't know. It just it's, it seems a it, yeah. It seems a, I don't know. I, I I understand why they they still go through with it, but uh, um, but I was just you know. But they're gonna they're gonna they're just still gonna have to show Scott all over the footage. I think if they're gonna use their their own footage, and if not, they're gonna have to use outside footage. Just, I don't know. I might be mistaken. Well, I mean, they also own all the uh, NWA for at least all the Crockett stuff there. Well, that's so, what I mean. Yeah, stuff, yeah. That was, stuff that they own, but stuff that wasn't, you know, that was from a different fed. Sure, 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 sure. But, um, so I don't know. I, but yeah, it's just, a, um, but you know, they've, they've inducted plenty of people that, you know, Nick Bach really didn't do a whole lot with them and so forth. And so I, yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. Um, uh, I think ideally it'd be best to induct them both, but I, I can see going with Rick if necessary. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling that they'll, that, it'll it'll all work out i I mean i can't imagine that it won't and i know that that like one of the um you know rumors was just talking about how uh the family had had basically already like book travel to dallas and stuff like that which you know which could just be to see braun you know in in nxt you know might not have anything to do with that but um you know who knows who knows you can only pay so much credence to any sort of wrestling <laughs> rumor obviously uh like a lot of people were absolutely certain that Cody Rhodes was going to be on Raw this past Monday so you know we know how that ended. you know I I ter- actually turned on Raw for like the first time forever like oh I gotta see this and then nothing happened I mean I, I could only be- I know a lot of people were in the same boat as me with that you know one thing I will say and, and, and like I wish that we- they would do more of this is that like at least this whole thing whatever they're doing whatever's going to happen got us a you know six 16 plus minute match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on raw in the main event, because yeah. like, I, give me that any day of the week, you know, of all accounts, it was a great match. I'm sure it was. Oh, yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that, uh, that there was another really good match on the show too. I think it was the, there was a tag match that opened the show or something like that. And that was really good as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see how things pan out, uh, on, on the road 
to to Mania. Um, you know, I think that with with Taker going into the Hall of Fame, that'll be a, a big deal. And um, you know, I I'll watch that. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to watch that in, induction at, at the very least if I don't watch the whole ceremony. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they all do it there. It's going to be like right after SmackDown. It'll be filmed in the same arena there it'll be interesting to see how that goes why did they mess with a good thing they it it was it was perfect it was perfect and then they decided to like screw with it and 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 well i mean then then having smackdown on friday kind of change and then having the two night mania it's like well when are they gonna when are they gonna do it yeah it's kind of tough yeah Yeah. they they did a thursday the one time but i don't know if it really worked out so still think cody Rhodes is coming to wwe i don't you know, nope. I have no clue. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, they still have. I mean, they've been. They were adding in little hints in the commentary there. You know, last, yeah, I, last week. Uh, or I don't. I, I don't understand that. I did because I mean, they, you know, yeah, they're saying things like all roads this match lead to WrestleMania, and after Seth Rollins lost, so that he couldn't get that spot at WrestleMania, they never used Stone Cold, and he said, uh, "What was it like? This is a nightmare." Roads. So many hopes have been dashed. I mean, they're. I mean, what's the, I don't, maybe I'm missing something. I don't understand why they're doing that. Cause one, if you debut him at WrestleMania, it's not, it's not really that much of a surprise. Cause you, you'd have to be an idiot not to almost expect it. And then if he doesn't show up, you're just talking about someone who's going to be at another place. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, they're giving a little hints, but not necessarily saying who it is, I guess, but still, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 me personally, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I say I don't. I don't think he's going to show up, but I have no idea if he's going to show up or not. But, like, I will say this. You've got, you know, you've got two more. Is this right? Two more raw? Yeah, you've two, got more, two weeks. more You've got two more weeks. Uh, and at this particular point in time, if you're hoping to get anyone's interest with this match, which you know, I do think that 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 it has ebbed. The interest has waned. Like where where we were maybe two weeks ago, compared to where we are now, the interest is not the interest level is not as high. It's not as high as it was. And I certainly think after this Monday, the people that were interested in him coming back, that wanted to see him come back, are now less so interested because he wasn't there and they thought he was going to be there. Um, so I think that regardless of what happens, that they have. They have bungled this, and 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 if that means they bungled it in the boardroom or, or or trying to draw the the right contract or give him what he wants or whatever, it's like if they're gonna. I'm kind of like you, Zeke. If they're gonna play this game, they better they better be able to pay it off. And 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 I have and and at this particular point in time, I have zero faith that they can pay off just about anything. Um, in a way that I will enjoy. So uh, we'll see what happens. But if if we get to Mania and he's not appeared yet, I I just I just think that's a terrible idea. Why would you Why would you debut him at Mania? Like it makes no sense to me. It's like you want to have a build with this, and the build is not like these weird commentary remarks and this odd you know losing of matches by Seth Rollins. Like it's like it's just. Yeah, I know. Like when you had the whole thing with the uh, you know Undertaker and Cena a number of years ago, it's like, all right, you're still like bringing up the Undertaker. You're really building up to this match, even though right. there was no match there. Here, it's not. You know, they're not even really 
building anything specifically, you know, at least not the overtly, you know, on the, right. on the show. Well, so and I the know we said we still got two more weeks, you know, something could still happen next yes. week, I guess. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'll say this. If, if he, if he comes out next Monday, I think that this is salvageable. But I do use that word, salvageable. I don't think that this is something that, like, this is not the way that it should have gone, by my estimation. And I don't, and, and I would love to have someone break it down for me as to why this is the best route, because I don't think that it is. But if he comes on, if he comes in on Monday, I do think it's salvageable. I think that you can absolutely generate some interest. You can absolutely generate enough of a story to, to bring us to mania, you know, and, and, and it could be cool. But if you don't get him in, by Monday, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, um, it does, it just doesn't feel like, I don't know. It just, it, it still it does not feel like mania to me. And that's because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm off the WWE wagon and have been off for, you know, a couple of years now, really. Um, so you're telling me you're not going to be doing podcasts each night after mania this year, like you did last year? No, no, no. probably not. I was, you know, no, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, y- you know, we would absolutely, I feel like, be remiss, uh, you know, even with his unfortunate lack of having a Legends card, if we did not mention uh, the the untimely passing of uh, Scott Hall. Um, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall was one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I, he, he was, you know, he wasn't the first bad guy that I ever liked. As, as many people know, I've not been a fan of bad guys. I, I was, you know, I was always cheering the good guys. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, there've been a couple of exceptions to that. And the first was definitely Roddy Piper. Um, and the second was, was Razor Ramon, you know, uh, and Scott Hall. I think that the thing is, is it's like, I, I liked him as Razor Ramon, and when he was a babyface for a time there in WWF, I, you know, I loved him, um, and uh, was a big fan of his. And then, of course, when he showed up uh, on Nitro, that was my fifteenth birthday. That was that day, that night. It was my fifteenth birthday, and he showed up, and. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I had no idea what the hell was going on. You know, I was, I, 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 I wasn't, you know, in the know, I wasn't smartened up, whatever. And I'm, and I'm watching this happen and I'm just like, what, what the hell is happening? And, um, and it really drew my interest back in because at that point, Nitro was something I basically just had on in the background. You know, I wasn't really watching wrestling. I just kind of turned it on and it was kind of there. But that was what really got me going again. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, the whole the whole survey thing, the whole, hey, yo, the whole, you know, everything about it. I was just, I was into him. Um, and I remember, you know, at this point, I kind of transitioned into being a big ECW guy. And so when he came into ECW for that show, I thought it was so cool. You know, here he is putting over Big Sal and then he's having the non-title match with Justin Credible later in the night. And you know, winning that. And it was just, you know, it was cool. He was doing cool shit. And, and then obviously being a big new Japan fan. Uh, and, and I didn't watch this at the time, was not aware of it at the time. Obviously nobody really understood it at the time, but looking back on it, seeing, you know, what he did for, for Tanahashi and putting Tanahashi over 
and 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 hearing and knowing that like all of this was his idea. Like the ECW thing was his idea. It's like, yeah, let me put some let me put somebody over in my first match, you know. Uh and, and you know, and 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 same thing with in Japan. He's like, let me put let me put this kid over. This kid's the future, you know. And he he said that. And and, and this isn't just like Scott Hall saying he said that. This is other people saying like this is what Scott Hall did and this is what he said. Um Obviously a brilliant mind for the business, obviously very, you know, very troubled, lots of demons, lots of, lots of issues over the years. Um, and I think one of the things that I have appreciated about, uh, a WWE produced documentary more than just about any other documentary that they produced is that by the end of the living on a razor's edge, Scott Hall documentary that they produced, it's clearly, you know, that this is an upward swing, right? You know, like here's a guy who's got his life back on track. He's in the Hall of Fame. He gives that amazing speech. One of the best Hall of Fame speeches in the history of Hall of Fame speeches will probably never be equaled as far as I'm concerned. Those last four lines he closed with are fucking just phenomenal. Kevin Nash, at the end of this documentary, as they're talking about how he's sober and everything, he's like, he's going to fail again. He's going to fall again. He's going to have troubles again. And never has there been, I think, a more realistic and honest and, no pun intended, sobering look at what it is to struggle with addiction and be in recovery than, than the way that they allowed Kevin Nash to be completely honest about his friend's struggles. And I think that, um, you know, the, 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 there are a lot of people, obviously, that are um, struggling with those same things and to understand that it's, it's okay to fail, that it's okay to continue to struggle, um, that you don't have to be perfect 100% of the time, um, is, is, is important and it, and it's, and it's affirming. And, you know, you, you look around for positive role models all the time. And I know some people, uh, even perhaps listening to this podcast might have a problem with looking at somebody like Scott Hall as a positive role model, but for somebody who is, you know, himself in recovery, looking at somebody like Scott Hall, like that was an inspiration to me at the time. Um, you know, looking, looking at at people like Mark Maron and Jason Isbell and, uh, you know, other people that are out there in the public eye that have struggled publicly publicly and talked about their sobriety publicly like that is absolutely an inspiration to people that are that are facing those struggles as well um and so i think that you know when you when you look at a guy like scott hall uh certainly uh, i think my hope would be you look at scott hall as being an incredible talent uh in the wrestling industry and one of the smartest minds in the business and hearing stories about, you know, like uh, Shawn Michaels has this great story about how um, Kevin Nash used to do a leapfrog over his opponents and people would just be like, wow, this big guy's leaping over people. You know, this is amazing. And one night they're driving to a town and Scott's like passed out in the backseat of the car. And all of a sudden he kind of like sits up and he goes, you're seven foot tall, 300 pounds. Why would you be afraid of getting hit by somebody? And then he just goes back to sleep. And <laughs> Shawn Michaels is like, holy shit. And he looks over at Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash looks at him, and he's like, not doing the leapfrog anymore. Because it's like the little things, like the simple things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like the only reason he did the leapfrog is because it looked cool. There wasn't a reason behind it. You know, when Scott Hall sits up and says, like, why are you doing this? And, and, and you know, and tells him why he shouldn't do it. It's like, yeah, you're right. I should just stand there and let these people run into me because I'm a diesel. I'm a Mack truck, you know. So I, I think that 
it's a, it's a huge loss. He's only 63 years old and he, he had done so much. And there's obviously so many people's lives that he's touched and the people that are closest to him, his friends and family are clearly hurting and have been hurting. Uh, and it was, you know, the whole thing played out in a very public fashion from the time he, he you know, went into the hospital for the, for the broken hip and then suffering the heart attacks and being put on life support and, and kind of the, the weight, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a horrible thing. And, and for everyone to kind of have to, to see, the way that that all played out. Um, I hope that there's, there's a lot of, uh, compassion and understanding for that situation because it, it deserves it. Um, and, uh, I know that one of the highlights, I think of my entire all in weekend, um, <laughs> you know, there were, there were a lot of them. There were some cool moments, but, uh, one of, one of the highlights was, you know, getting to see him, in the lobby of the hotel after all in, after the show was over, he was standing in the lobby with Penelope Ford and Joey Janela. And, uh, I was just like, if I don't, if I don't say hi to him now, I'm never going to get a chance to say hi to him now. So I kind of like propped myself up against a wall and just waited for, you know, an an opening and, uh, you know, just getting, just getting to kind of like share that, share a moment and say hi and, and, and tell him how much I appreciated him and everything. And, And he was, he was as cool as you would expect him to be. You know, he was just, he was just cool. And, and for that matter, so was Kevin Nash, who I rode an elevator with and and talked to, and he was, he was a lot of fun too. But, um, so I certainly wish that things had, had gone very differently. Um, and that he would be around for a lot more, uh, amazing moments. Um, he was actually supposed to be a mania, I know. Um, and, uh, and obviously that's, that's not going to happen, but, uh, there's been a lot of wonderful tributes paid to him, um, by, by his colleagues and by people that, um, learned from him, which I think that those are always the, the, the most special ones, the people that have, um, are, are not of his generation, you know, that are, that are coming up in the business, you know, people still in their, in their twenties that have learned things from him, whether it's, you know, young guys, young gals, you know, whatever. And, and I think that that's so cool to know that he was still having that impact and that he was seeking them out. You know, a lot of these stories begin with, he came up to me and said, you know, he, you know, he said he'd seen this match or he'd say, and it's just sort of like, that's so cool, you know? Um, so he will definitely be missed. And, uh, I know as, as a fan of his and, a fan of so many of his matches, obviously the latter matches and, you know, the matches with Bret Hart and, you know, I loved, um, but, but any of his, you know, any of his work, there was always something happening, you know, there was always something that was just, it, it, it was never paint by numbers with him, you know, even when he was, even when he was at his worst, there was always something interesting going on in the ring that he did. And, uh, I appreciated him for that, uh, amongst many, many other things. Um, any, any final thoughts about, about Scott Hall? Zeke, I'll start with you before we get out of here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I put on the board that it's just, you know, uh, the, I just thought like when Ross started off on Monday night and it starts off with his passing, you know, it's just, it's just ironic, you know, he died, you know, he died on Monday nights. He was such a big figure on, on, on you know, on Monday nights. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, going, going to Money in the Bank uh, in uh, July here in, in Las Vegas and, you know, he was actually in the first ever WWE ladder match with, with Shawn Michaels. Uh, he had, you know, one of the ways he had just had impact. And, um, you know, I remember him and Nash uh, 
performing, you know, in WO, one of the greatest, with the outside, one of the greatest fashions of all time. And, and it's, uh, I also heard not, not too long ago the other day that he had a, he had kind of an indirect influence on one of their, their biggest catchphrases. Uh, you guys might know about this more than I do, Austin 316. Um, mm. Because uh, um, what I had heard was that uh, Triple H was supposed to win the tournament that oh, year. That's right. Punished him because he was celebrating with the click when they were on their last night. And so they gave it to Austin, and Austin wins in the finals. Uh, Jake. Snake Roberts was the guy in the finals and he had that religious thing going on. So the Austin mm-hmm. came up with yeah. none of that might've happened if it wasn't for, uh, triple H celebrating with, uh, national. I got the current, that's what I heard. I don't know if the yeah. crowd, the crowd. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, no, that's, that's 100%. That's 100% right. Yeah. yeah. He also, he also was responsible for the stings crow gimmick. You right. know, he, wow. he went to sting and he was just sort of like, he was like, have you ever seen the crow? You know? And, uh, yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, like it's amazing the guy, the mind, yeah. and just the the things he's been brought up that you don't even know is because it's nothing associated with him, just helping out other people. Yeah, you know, whether it's young guys, whether it's even like veterans, and kind of adding to their character. It's it's amazing what he what he's been able to bring to the business. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know I, I just think to myself seeing like footage of him at the performance center and what an amazing opportunity for any of those you know young wrestlers to to hear those stories from him and, and to get that coaching and you know uh, well um, Finn Balor was talking about this uh, you know Fergal Devitt was talking about the fact that like Scott Hall like again called him up. You know, before he went to WWE, before he was Finn Balor, before he was like well known, it's like Scott Hall knew who he was and called him and and and, and you know called him Prince. That's what he always used to call him. And he's like because you know Prince Devitt, and and he's like he's like hey Prince, you know what you're doing over there is incredible, and you're over, you know, you're over like Rover, but what you're doing now, you're gonna have to do differently when you get there because you can be over, but you know you're not gonna be able to do it the same way. Uh, and, and, and just, yeah, the, 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 the fact that he was willing to share all of that, I think is so, so cool. And hearing all these stories about, you know, buying people meals and buying people drinks and buying, you know, and all this sort of stuff, um, you know, throughout the years, um, you know, taking care of the younger wrestlers. And the only thing you would ever ask is just like, you know, just pay it forward one day, just do, do what I'm doing one day for, you know, for the next generation. Um, and, and hopefully that, that mark, uh, has, has been left in such a way that it will continue to happen because it is, it is important. Um, what, what a, you know, he's, he was a mischief maker. There's no doubt about it. One of my favorite things is that they, you know, the videotapes of the deposition when Vince was suing WCW, actually he wasn't suing WCW. He was suing Scott Hall and Kevin Nash for, you know, portraying their, characters on WCW television because it was WWF's intellectual property, Razor Ramon and Diesel. And uh, when the lawyer asks Scott Hall about playing Razor Ramon on WCW, he's like, like, I'm not playing Razor Ramon. I'm playing Tony Montana. And the lawyer's like, have you ever played Tony Montana before? And he's like, no, but 
Scott Hall has always been playing Al Pacino, playing Tony Montana, playing Razor Ramon. Like the, the you know, the characters, like it's just the way he's answering the questions and everything. And then he turns right to the camera at the end of the deposition. And he's like, hi, Vince. How are you? You know, it's just sort of like, oh, man, like just, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm do a little finger thing here. <laughs> on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, you know, I, I hate, I hate to, to only, you know, reminisce about people um, that have, that have left us. And, and I, I think that if anything, you know, hopefully times like these are always a wake up call to like tell those stories and enjoy those movies while they're around. And, you know, any opportunity you have to, you know, to meet your heroes or meet your influences or inspirations or, or people that that have meant anything to you. I mean, take those chances, meet those people, shake that hand, you know, say thank you, have that story to tell in your back pocket and and, um, you know, and, and pop those DVDs in and, 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 and celebrate these people while they're around. But but obviously, in this case, um, it's, it's worth, uh, you know, reminiscing a bit. And watching some of those old matches and, you know, thinking about the fact that, you know, a, a guy who was once called Coyote ended up becoming one of the most important wrestlers of all time. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I think that that's true. I think he really is. He's, he's one of the most important wrestlers that, that that's ever lived because of what he, he accomplished. So, um, and what he what he did for for the business and what he did for for the boys, basically, by, you know, it's weird. There's a double-edged sword, obviously, the guaranteed contracts and, and all that sort of stuff and, and what it did. And it might have contributed to the downfall of WCW in the end. But for a time there, uh, it, it was it was pretty amazing. So um, I think that's about all I got. Todd, do you have anything else from FedHQ? No, just uh, make sure uh, you get your tickets uh, for the next virtual con. Uh, you know, we, we kick off the road to Galacticon. So. Yes going to be exciting zeke anything else that you want to throw out there for us anything you want to you want to plug separate from phil singer games or talk about before we go uh no thanks for thanks for having me on i don't know if i'll be uh i gotta look at my flight schedule i don't know if i'll be on the indie panel um at the next virtual con because i'll be flying back from uh, dallas that morning so, uh, so thanks for thanks for having me on now and uh, uh in case i'm not there for the indie indie uh panel um i started we started work like a little early work on uh the quarter two sets um i won't talk too much about it got like five names locked in we got a ton of uh possibilities already signed to that we can go with um but uh we're, we're working on the quarter two set now yeah and next best of the indies there we're waiting to see if there's any last minute signings in that trip to dallas there that uh <laughs> might make the roster yeah yeah, it, you know, it, that's the thing is I'm going to a number of shows. I mean, although some of them, obviously, I probably, I'm not going to make any signings at NXT or WrestleMania, obviously, but, but I mean, uh, um, but the thing is, it can be kind of tricky about the, like the collective shows. A lot of my signings happen after the shows and they kick you right out because I have to set up for the next show on fight. Like, that's what I found out when I was in Indianapolis. And I know at Mania Weekend, the talent, they get booked on a lot of different shows. So a lot of times they're not hanging out afterwards because they're going off to wherever, because there's a lot of shows going on all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get, get, we'll get some names, but uh, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of names there, but I know that they're going to be, a lot, of them, a lot of them are booked a lot. So I don't know how available they'll be. I don't know. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully. hopefully, hopefully uh, but I think overall we got a good start at least for the ones that, that we're working on. And uh, yeah, we'll have our first name uh, to announce for that set at the, uh, at the virtual con as well. So that'll be great. Awesome. 
Right on. Well, Zeke, thank you so very much. I'm glad we were able to do kind of this exclusive, you know, full length, feature length panel with just <laughs> you. Uh, if, if we're not going to necessarily get to do it at the con, so uh, it's always a pleasure, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing you out here in Chicago and, and being able to, uh, to to do the thing that, that we did when we first met, which is go to a wrestling show and see actual live wrestling uh, at, at, at AAW. That'll be a heck of a lot of fun. So uh, thank you, thank you so much, and thank you, of course, as always. For, for all of your work, not only, of course, you know, statting these cards, but signing, you know, all these names and, and being, you know, so diligent to get us a, a, a roster that is, I think, pretty remarkable uh, in terms of, of the talent that we have uh, on the indie side of things. So, um, you know, thank you as always for, for your work and, uh, and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, so it's always fun to be on roll. So appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, we're actually we're getting close to our, our one year anniversary here. Uh, this might actually technically be like our fifty second episode, but uh, we still got another like week or so, I think, before we 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 really actually hit uh, one year uh, of being being on the air, if you will. So um, maybe we'll cook up something a little special for that one. We'll see. Uh, but in the meantime, we are definitely going to get out of here. It's been a long one. It's a late night for us. We had to get started late, and my schedule's been crazy, and everybody's schedule is crazy. So we're doing the best we can. We hope you've enjoyed uh, this episode of roll up and we certainly uh want you to keep coming back for more so uh you know follow the 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 twitter the podcast subscribe like write a review help to raise that profile visibility get more eyes on the game uh we want to create new promoters and new fans of the game and bring new people in just as much as we want to be able to stoke the fires of this incredible amazing community that we already have here um we just want it to grow and be bigger and and even better than before so um we thank you so much for always for, for listening and for supporting the game. Uh, and, and of course, shout out to all of our fellow podcasters. I'm not going to go down the, the, the list this time around. So my apologies to everybody, but, uh, I, I, there's plenty of awesome content out there and we hope that you're, you're taking it in and listening to it because there's, uh, lots of wonderful stuff. Um, and, and hopefully we'll be bringing you some more collaborations with some of our, our favorite podcasters, uh, soon enough. Uh, but in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, uh, stay safe out there, watch some wrestling, roll those dice, and we will be back next week with another episode of Roll Up.